0: And welcome back, this is Link to the Cast, your weekly dose of video games and nerd culture ephemera, available everywhere, good podcast, are sold on your party host Dave Ryan, sip at a cocktail, it's Friday, I'm on my holidays, I don't give a shit anymore, and I am joined by my usual comrades, uh, first the platforming prodigy, Mark Robinson, my friend, yeah. how are you? Uh, should I be worried for the next two hours? Oh, it's going to get loose, I've got a cocktail and a beer, so it's going to
1: get wild. I don't even it's have mi- a fucking cup of tea next to me.
0: It's maybe an incentive for us to to not overrun for once in our lives Because the longer this goes, the more libelous it, it, it could potentially be
1: <laughs> Well, as we get towards the latter part of this show is when we get to the quiz round So really, it's in your best yeah. interest yes. to try and stay yeah. somewhat sober Yeah,
2: Get wasted, Dave <laughs> or, I hear you put the beer in the coconut and threw the can away, that's what I hear <laughs>
0: Or, to use my alcohol as a pretext for why I lose later on Uh-huh, uh-huh okay. Laying the groundwork nice and early
2: Listen, a dub um, is still a dub for the big man here.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, how are you, Mark? Oh, hey, you know, I'm grand. Like, it's it was a pretty... Uh... <laughs> so, um, my company, as with many companies, you know, are, are celebrating Pride Week, and we have stuff up about Pride Week, and it's been fun dealing with the players, and, you know, you get the general stuff that you see on Twitter, or in general, about, like, why are you shoving this in my face and why isn't there like a straight pride week and all this uh, month and this kind of nonsense Um so you know dealing with that kind of stuff head on is always a fucking riot Um but you know it means I can just ban them from our Facebook pages and stuff stuff
2: like that so it's I have fun with it I guess they can celebrate straight pride month with their celibacy
1: yeah <laughs> hey
0: the, something uh, I, I I dearly regret is how quickly you nailed the uh, all-covering, all-encompassing phrase, the company, to, uh, like, lowball where you work. Because, boy, when Brian used to co-host this show with us, did I enjoy the hurdles he would jump to to try to come up with a thing that didn't identify who he works for. Uh, he His former employer, the Golden Arch Food Store, was a great one. I mean, I, um, I don't want
1: to give too much credit to how many people listen to this show, so... Yeah. yeah and, and then Golden there was Arch like
2: food store that's so yeah. obscure no one's ever yeah. guessing that
0: i know right and then it was like the was it like the purpley money storage center
2: <laughs> 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 something like that
0: yeah good times love you bright <laughs> yeah um, my company you...
2: makes milkshakes that dave likes
0: yeah you're damn right and doesn't make vegetarian sushi anymore or at least doesn't fucking give them out to the mix uh, that other Yeah, it's, here it's and not the like line.
2: England to be keeping food to ourselves and not giving it over to oh. Ireland, is it?
0: Oh, you, oh, you'll send us the poppy ties, but you won't send us the sushi. I see how it is.
1: <laughs>
2: that <laughs> oh, voice on, the line. that voice on the
1: line. nightmare. <laughs> He's had two sips of the cocktail, and look at him go. It's legitimately like,
0: it's like a three-year running joke between me and Jack that I've just like just thrown out there with no context. But uh, that other line, that other voice you hear on the line is none other than the Roman Reigns of audio. It's Jack Lazzell. Jack, how are you?
2: Yeah, man, give it up for the big dog here. Uh, I'm good, <laughs> thanks, mate. Um, you know why? It's because before this uh, started, I ate three almond biscuits and now I feel positively jolly.
0: <laughs> you just got that sugar rush.
2: That's all I needed. It was just a bit of, like, sweetness, a bit of almondine goodness from that same company that makes those milkshakes, and uh, I feel happy now. I'm ready to go and, and talk about mirth and video games and fun stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what, 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 you, what jolly thing do you have accompanying you, Mark? You, you said you don't even have a cup of tea? What, what is nah, this? It's a parody atmosphere on the podcast. I,
1: all I have is my snazzy new glasses. Uh, that's that's the best I can do at the moment, I'm afraid Are
2: they legit, or are they like, like
1: fashion specs? No, they're the ones So they don't have, I mean, they have they're, no lens um, they're, they're,
0: just... they're, two, they're a golf ball cut in half With two black dots on it So he can look like he's awake on Zoom calls
1: No, they're effectively like screen protectors uh, So if you're staring at the screen all day They just kind of help with like ah. the, the blue light And the tint and that yeah. kind of stuff
2: are um, they um, are they sunglassed like, or are they just like no, like no, they're, clear? they're straight
1: up straight up clear glasses. So
2: you're not going yeah. like pure Bono kayfabe.
1: No, I I know I've been here for five years yet uh, now, but I haven't quite gotten to that point yet.
2: When you answer the phone, just do you out, answer how it? How Hello, shit. hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't count one, two, three, fourteen.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have uh, I have that blue craft the, the,
0: the uh, it works for artificial light as well doesn't it
2: yes Um, yeah.
0: on my glasses where they, they they really it's one of those things it's like you're going buying a car when you buy a new pair of glasses when you have a prescription because like the things they try to upsell you on and like they're going this this and this and then they were like wait oh, your you glasses come with a cup holder
3: like
0: if, if Wi-Fi actually um, what they <laughs> They, Wait, um, your glasses
2: have Wi-Fi? No, And you a hot
0: spot? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm not that good a worker.
2: <laughs> can a I Clairol actually? Can I attach the my back phone to your glasses? I need yeah, any, if ahead. I need some bandwidth next time I'm over. Yeah,
0: yeah, they've got a clear old on the back and a, and a Breville sandwich maker. Well, in fairness, well, they were those the what glass. the Google glasses
2: from a couple of years
1: ago. Like yeah. they would have had something.
2: Yeah, that didn't happen, really, did it? The Google glass?
1: No, I, I think, mean, I, I think it's a Google venture. So come on now.
2: I think they did
0: come out, but it was like they were outrageously expensive and a massive privacy violation because they could be low key recording everything. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, you could hack into someone's Google Glasses and you feel like you're in being John Malkovich and shit. Mm. Imagine you had, they... like, I don't know, like fucking Ryan Gosling's glasses or something. How cool would that be?
0: Those glasses probably did have Wi Fi now that I think
2: about it. <laughs> I wouldn't be but, sure. Uh,
0: yeah, the, the stuff they tried to upsell you on, and then it was like, I was teaching at the time, and they're, they're like, oh, do you want this blue stuff, you know, that helps with uh, glare on the, on the screen? And I was just like, oh, I don't know, what's it for? And they were like, well, like, you probably could go without it, to be honest, unless you work a lot with computer screens or artificial light. And I was like, oh, fuck, just give me it then.
1: <laughs> They try to downplay it before hitting you with the sweet spot there. Was like, yeah. if you look at a screen, you know,
2: ever... Well, you sh- well, they sh- do you reckon they just pick you by your profession so if you go in there in overalls and they're like oh, if you directly work with bricks or plumbing you're going to need to get the blue stuff on these classes <laughs> you-, you
0: need this blue stuff so you can lift stuff real good
2: yeah exactly
0: um, yeah and I remember them saying it was like I think 30, like 30 euro per eye and I was like what like I'm going to fucking just like wink all day and work of course I'm going to get it on both of them
2: i love that they charge you separately for each eye though like yeah. you just nah, well, fuck that, my left eye i don't need that, that to be
0: glare protected in in the opticians that day it felt less to me like that that's a thing that they actually ask people do you want both eyes or one and more that like that particular woman had got shouted at by some fucking cheap ass who only wanted it on
2: one. <laughs> oh no no left only how dare yeah. you
0: I get that sometimes because I know, like, um, in my town, because it's particularly working class, like, things were very tense when the recession started. So, like, if I'd go somewhere, like, uh, when I was unemployed and I'd go to, to get the dole or whatever, and, like, if I was just basically civil to somebody, they were almost shocked that I wasn't trying to throw something at them or shouting at them. Um, And I think that's one of those things where it's just, just, like... I think that more about Newbridge. Yeah, well... No. <laughs> You say that like you don't live in Dublin, you fucking egos. Uh, I,
1: I, I was gonna say I live in a nice part of Dublin, but that'd be lying because I live near Zix. So, no. uh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> also, there is no nice part of Dublin.
2: I, don't I know, like some... Dublin when I visit oh, it a couple of times a year. The yeah. the
1: coast going down to towards like Dunleary and and like towards Bray that's that's a nice area. And some of the coast going up actually uh, towards uh, St Anne's don't... Park is very nice.
0: Look, I don't want to out people I personally know on the show and things that have happened to them, but I could tell you some stories about
1: that area. Ah, well,
0: uh, I live in a rough put, part of Dublin. I've got hairs on your issues.
2: chest. We all know um. West Coast is the best coast. Come on, guys!
1: <laughs> all right, and me and Jack live or live near Harlow, so as far mm. as we're concerned, like we we know, look, we know things. I'm more worried about Hodderston now, <laughs> but, yeah, but let's know, not well.
2: get into that. For sake.
0: I mean, look, we, we, we can all agree that it could be worse.
1: We could be Barry living living in Limerick. God bless him.
2: I wouldn't mind. If you asked me when I was 10, if you want to live in Ireland, where would you live? I probably would have said Limerick. I, I
1: said to Barry yeah. once when I saw him, um, I went past Limerick once on a, on a bus and I was like, it's quite nice. Like, you know, I went over the river, went through the town and it was quite nice going on the bus. And he just said, look, you yeah. did it right by just going by on bus and never actually getting out.
3: <laughs>
0: Okay, no,
1: honestly, on, honestly, it's qu- it's quite nice now, and it's
0: calmed down and everything like that. But it was kind of around the time that we would have all been in school, where the popular thing was like to slag off Limerick as being an absolute kid, and uh, all that because it was like legitimate gang infighting going on and shit like that at the time. But uh, let's pivot into what we've seen lately.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear!
0: Smooth, a smooth S- transition. Neck uh, breaking mar- segue. Mark, you have been uh, slowly working your way back through the MCU
1: all over again.
2: Yeah, I don't want to spend
1: too much time because, I mean, where the hell do we fit the time to talk about, like, the entirety of the MCU? Just talk about Iron
2: Man 3. That's what you need to talk about.
1: (laughs) Do you know what? I didn't hate Iron Man 3. Thank you. Well, you should have. Like, but, I mean, and I always have to start by saying that, you know, I don't come into the really any comic book film with the investment of the comics themselves like i just watched the film on face value and yeah i can see how the swerve of the mandarin and i the thing is is right ben kingsley is so damn good that i don't i didn't, i just didn't care that it was a bit of a weird uh left turn to take because his performance was that enjoyable i will say like it's definitely of the three iron man films it is certainly the weakest and actually as a whole it's interesting that you know, Iron Man, the original, starts off the MCU and it's a fucking awesome film. Like, even going back, it's still great now. Yeah. But that first phase is a bit wonky. And then coming out of the Avengers with Iron Man 3, which is just... It's a weird... It's The, the biggest issue with Iron Man 3 is it's completely inconsequential to, like, the MCU as a whole. Like, even going back with the context of seeing the entire uh, Infinity um, Gauntlet saga, like... Iron Man three just sticks out as like this does not need to exist at all. Um, which isn't even the point I wanted to get wanted to get to. Um
2: I will say the one reason that Iron Man three should exist is that's when he starts inventing all of the cool suits that you start seeing like turning up in different suits and different purposes for different suits. Yeah. Then, he yeah, yeah, then he fucking blows them all up.
1: blows them all up at the end. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. Yeah,
0: but,
2: I mean, he obviously... Which, and it's not, even
0: it? in the, it's not even in, like, the three most idiotic things he does in that movie. And I'm, I'm not going I'm, to... I'm, look, I'm, I'm going to stop <laughs> myself. It's happened one too many times before. But I mean, I, 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 this is what I was pieces looking for. on that piece of shit movie.
2: The, the, I'm just reeling Dave M. right but, now. But, but I will agree, the one thing I, I, I
0: will definitely agree with, kind of, Mark's overall thesis statement there is that, like, I think the less you're invested in the comics, and like, the less you care, the the easier a ride Iron Man 3 is. I think Iron Man 2 is just a a tiresome film, whether you care or you don't, because it's trying a hundred things at once. Whereas I can see how Iron Man 3 would be entertaining if you didn't give a shit. Here's the Uh, thing about
2: Iron Man 2, though. I wish and and it's it it's almost good. because his career has gone from like step to step to to fucking Oscar but i wish sam rockwell's justin hammer was still a thing in the mcu because he is the best thing about that movie by a long way
0: yeah do you know what if you were, if you like brought him back instead of having aldrich killian in the third one it would have so much better it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and <laughs> and better, i've always yeah. insisted one thing i've said and i have said it to you jack when we've talked about this film at length a couple of times is that like i enjoyed the ben kingsley bit in isolation and would have loved it if it was a different movie <laughs> you know that moment makes me laugh in the moment you know yeah. there are some good lines in there his hamlet was a toast of Croydon and all that but then the more you think about it the more annoyed you get. It and also it, then,
2: it, it's also him watching Liverpool. So as a result, yeah. Martin Skull is in an yeah. MCU movie. Martin yeah. Skull is part of the MCU, guys. And then when
0: the, and then like when they realized they kind of like narratively really roped themselves into a corner in a number of ways in that movie, they did the one shot Hail to the King where they tried to like undo that. Yeah, going, which was cool. No, the Mandarin wasn't that guy or the other guy we said it was. It was actually a yet to be revealed different guy.
2: Yeah. Don't you think that was cool, though? No, because,
0: Uh, like, the genie's out with a bottle. You've done the swerve already, and then you're swerving again. It's
1: Russo-esque. So I want to, at some point, do maybe, like, a a phase one, phase two, phase three uh, spin-off podcast where we can really go...
2: (laughs) My word, me and
1: Jay
0: tried that. Do you know what? Uh, We have a two-hour, 40-minute head start in the can somewhere on Jack's PC.
2: (laughs) And I think, where do we get to? Did we get to just Uh, about...
0: the first Avengers we got to in two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah.
1: Jesus Christ. Well
0: um, so but I I will say, like uh, just one more thought before you continue because okay. uh, right. just while it, while it's in my head something you said uh, about the phase 1 movies and I do agree I think apart from Iron Man which kind of holds up as a fun popcorn movie I think the only one that I still look back as fondly or maybe even slightly more fondly than I did uh, when they were all coming out is probably Captain America which I think yeah. is like yeah, a, yeah, a, a real nice heart to it glad dope. you said that because yeah. I completely I, agree I think half of Thor is is interesting i, I like I, I liked the stuff in asgard and especially like then you know it pays off later on because there's a lot of world building going on in there uh I, I always think the stuff on earth is a bit wishy-washy and like a 50 screwball comedy
2: yeah um, here's why they fucked up right all the stuff because because kenneth branner directed it so if kenneth you get kenneth, yeah if you get kenneth Branagh, to do the stuff in asgard and then you get like a sort of a a younger hipper director to do the stuff on earth it might have kind of balanced it out but yeah. it was kind of you know it, it, his strong point was all of the asgard stuff and that is the best stuff in there Thor yeah. one and um, two are
1: also more jarring just because of ragnarok and where thor yeah. goes to afterwards
2: oh thor of the, I, ragnarok just completely reboots thor is a, just a different guy doesn't it yeah
0: yeah, um, Dark World is so disappointing because it was like not only did you sign up Eccleston for it,
1: which uh, I completely to... forgot. Like the yeah. three times I've seen that film, I get to the credits and it goes uh, Eccleston. I'm like, fuck yeah, of course it is. I completely forget he's Malekith every
0: single yeah. time. Um, and like, not only did they manage to get back Natalie Portman, which was by all accounts difficult uh, to get her back for another Thor, but. um... It was disappointing because they had got the guy who had directed, like, all the best episodes of Game of Thrones. The guy who directed the the Battle of Blackwater Bay. And I was like, when I heard he was signed up, I was like, this film is going to look badass. And it was just murky.
1: Yeah. My my biggest thing... Um, also was...
2: directed some of the Sopranos as well, the guy that directed yes, Thor. Yes, yes, he did.
1: My, my biggest thing with, like, Thor in particular is and as Jack mentioned there you know they do the complete reboot with with Ragnarok and, and takes it in a really fun direction but my biggest issue with Thor is just why the fuck does the, the Branagh just like insist on having the, the angle of the camera at like 30 degrees for just like every other shot uh, it, it's when so it comes jarring to, when it, com- when it comes to it's so directing. jarring
0: when it comes to directing he's a weird fucking dude and like it's one of the i suppose it's one of the arguments that maybe marvel themselves would make as to why they now kind of have a uniform style yeah you know they they there's creative license with the likes of a Ragnarok or guardians of the galaxy to an extent yes um but you know they've had multiple rows with people walking off movies is it um scott derrickson walked off he's he's dropped out of doing um the new Doctor Strange and Sam Raimi is on board now. Well, I mean, um, Edgar Wright's
1: the big one with Ant
0: Man. Edgar, Edgar Wright is the big one. He walked yeah. off Ant Man. Um, but I guess so they've had a like... couple of those. And oh, we, Joss Whedon, obviously We, we left. were
1: talking about um, the the Mandalorian a couple of weeks ago, and I guess it's that idea of like having someone who's the kind of overarching uh, director, if you want, with with John. Um, how the hell do you say his last name? Favre Favre? Favreau. Favre. Favre. John Favreau. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Favs. To be kind of the the, the kind of go to that keeps it all together, and the the thing that I wanted to say in comparison to the Mandalorian, uh, certainly with some of the older um, uh, MCU films at this point, is a lot of the green screen does not hold up very well. Uh, and actually, as great as the first Avenger is as world building for Captain America, the green screen is really bad at a lot of points. Uh, certainly, like on the uh, bit where. Um, they're chasing towards uh, Red Skull in his uh, plane before he takes off. Like that whole thing really looks bad, and you compare it to like how good and how seamless the Mandalorian looks, and the way that they use the the Unreal Engine and that style of of filmmaking. Um, you know, I mean, the, the the modern MCU films look pretty good for the most part, uh, but like some some of those older MCU films, at this point you can really tell like the the green screen. It's it's not as seamless i think there are good video essays out there that i might direct
0: you to uh if you're interested in the mark about how, about the style of those films and about Please how think. Like, absolutely there there are interesting things about how flat in terms of color a lot of them are shot and about how it's weird that like 20 odd films in and x amount of composers that there's like one original piece of score that anybody might know if they heard like any of the rest of it you could play it and people wouldn't recognize. But like the Avengers team, people obviously know that. But like the fact that in 10 years, there's no like the one one of the very few bright spots you could say is that when um, the DCEU have gone ham on soundtracks, it's been memorable. Um, but in terms of original soundtracks in in the MCU, it's been kind of like a little bit scant. I think
2: I can't really uh, think of any DCU bits of not music the fucking or things, the though.
0: the fucking Wonder Woman sting is it's fucking awesome. I can't um, even
2: remember it. That's the bad thing. It it just
0: it sounds like Led Zeppelin. That's what makes it work. Yeah, it's awesome. And the 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 Aquaman score like because that's a very six seven a dead movie, but the Aquaman score is is class and. Um, even, yeah, the, the, actually, yeah, the, the fucking Hans Zimmer score for Man of
1: Steel is great uh, as well. I have Did, tried to just forget everything about yeah. anything related to Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman at this point.
2: Marvel just stopped giving a shit, though, and just started going, right, we've got the money now, let's just pay for great original yeah. music, hence the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, yeah. and the scene in Thor where you get Immigrant Song by Led yeah. Zeppelin.
0: Oh, yeah, like, you know, like, they, they put um, they put great pre-existing soundtracks into some of those movies,
2: no doubt, no doubt.
0: Um, I mean,
2: like, like it it just, sorry, I just, the the fact that Immigrant Song is, like, literally written about Norse mythology, and you've had this song sat there, like, by one of the greatest bands of all time for, like, you know, 30 or 40 years or however long it was, and then someone's like, you know what, we should put, and I I just wonder, like, what, like, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page just, if they got to see it, and they must have just thought, ah, this is fucking awesome. I'm
1: I'm trying to imagine the conversation Kenneth Branagh would have had about Immigrant Song with Jimmy Page.
0: I saw somebody recently talking about how, like, I wonder if the Lord of the Rings Amazon show that's coming is going to be able to resist the urge to use Led Zeppelin because so so many lyric ideas of Led Zeppelin's are completely ripped from Tolkien. Um, <laughs> Not
2: like Led Zeppelin to rip, rip anything off, is yeah,
0: it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but, but can they resist the subtlety hammer? uh um, she's
2: Mastodon.
1: They use a yeah. bunch of, like, <laughs> mythology and shit as well. Um, but well, there's yeah, probably so... a couple of maiden songs here and there.
2: Yeah, Ma- maiden don't tend to get used on soundtracks though, and I don't know if that's because they probably get asked and they're just like, nah. Probably. Yeah. Kind of yeah, seems like enough. that. Yeah. 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 Like Prince. Oh yeah, Prince was so protective of all yeah. of his yeah. shit.
0: He'll he'll, yeah, let he'll Mar- just Mar- stay in the time, but
2: <laughs> he'll, he'll just write a
1: fucking soundtrack for like Batman. That's what he'll do. Yeah. <laughs> and it was fucking cool as well. Yeah. Although yeah, it's weird, but it's very cool. Kind of like Prince. Jack, what have you been watching?
2: I mean, uh, now I just want to go and watch a bunch of prints. Um huh. but what have I been watching? I started re-watching because uh we talked about it a bit and because of the podcast uh, yeah, that's this just is come my fault. out. <laughs> Sorry, it is your fault. This... I started re watching Scrubs. Um <laughs> right. turns out I still really like it. Um I it's one of those things where it's like and it's kind of been in a sort of news recently but i don't want to touch it too much where you like if you go back and watch something is there stuff in there that stands out as like like problematic or too much of its time and i think there is a few things that are like maybe a few jokes that they kind of wouldn't make now and it's a bit janky but it's just such a it's just such a good show i i don't think there are many shows that i've seen on tv that mix drama and comedy as well as scrubs i just think it's so beautifully blended and there are so many like so many moments in those early series of scrubs as well where you think something is going a certain way and then it just flips a- completely on its head and goes another way like i i just rewatched it earlier but the episode where uh spoilers if you never seen scrubs but the episode where dr cox is seeing uh ben jordan's brother who's like his best friend and talking to him like he's kind of around everybody but he, he uh he passed away and you you find out that someone died earlier in the episode, but you don't know it's him. And that that left turn, like where they're in the in the in the funeral, and he thinks he's going to his son's birthday party, but it's actually Ben's funeral. Like that got me earlier, and I knew it was coming, but it still had a massive emotional impact on me. It's done I, I think so it's, I, well.
0: I think it's in the Zach Braff delivery, where like kind of glassy eyes. he Says yeah. where do you think we are?
2: Where do you think we are? And then yeah, he just realizes it. But uh, I, there's so many moments in the show like that that. That have an emotional impact, and it's really difficult. Where one thing I've noticed about the show, and I, they sort of mentioned it on the podcast the other day, that oh, you know, Sarah Chalk falls over really well, or whatever, does good pratfalls. I reckon once an episode, someone takes like a, a tumble. There's so much physical comedy in Scrubs that I just completely forgotten about. Like whether it's Donald Faison like dancing, or like Zach Braff just falling over, or something just dr- doing
0: doing the cowboy switch where somebody falls off camera and then springs up
2: yeah exactly yeah and then just like jumps up behind a counter or something which is really cool um so like a lot of the physical comedy in there i didn't even realize and then i I just like went back and it was it was making me chuckle uh yeah there's like a few little things in there like i say that they probably wouldn't do now but overall I, I, i i i feel like the show holds up really well and it's just it still has a punch and the only thing that really dates it are just the crappiness of the uh, of the cell phones that they're using. Um, other than that, it's quite evergreen because I think hospital stuff, you know, up to, you know, mid-90s or whatever, it still really is because there's not too much in the way of, of, of new technology in hospitals. Like, to me as somebody that doesn't know like a defibrillator still looks like a defibrillator you know like a dialysis machine still looks like a dialysis machine and i'm sure if you had that critical eye you would notice it even more if you were actually a doctor or something but i, I just overall i just was so impressed at how much i've still been in, enjoying it and rewatching it and yeah I, it's really easy because it's like every episode's like 20 minutes so you can just fly through like a series in a day or two um but yeah it's Scrubs is still good, guys. So if you if you like the show, I, I do recommend giving it a rewatch, especially in line with the podcast, because there's a lot of fun stories about the episodes coming up.
0: Um, I am still working my way through. Um... The Sopranos, which I'm nearly... I literally about five episodes left at that show. And uh, I know, Jack, you, we, we talked about it before, and, and you've watched it as well. And But, like, I really forgot how, like, weird that last season is. Like, in both good and bad ways. Like, you know the multiple dream episodes where Tomi, Tony's in the coma? Yeah. Are, are very strange. The Kevin Finerty arc, as I call it. Um, it is really strange. And there's a lot of, like random celebrities showing up that like to me reads like everyone heard it was the last season of the sopranos and tried to like pull favors to get in like i was watching um it's there's
2: the an... same thing that happened on the game of thrones like because you had yeah. like fucking ed sheeran turning up and like the ed national Rogers from the green bay packers yeah like all towards the end of, of, of yeah. it and it, it kind of takes the fucking
0: national winner in it, order, it? Yeah, yeah yeah they're the they're the band at joffrey's wedding isn't it playing oh
2: no that's it si- that's Sigur mate
0: Oh, that's Sigur Ros. When yeah. the national were,
2: they were. I think they were in an episode. But oh, yeah. they
0: also did. They also recorded a version of the Reigns of Castamere.
2: Yeah, to play, yeah,
0: at the that played at the end of the Red Wedding yeah. episode. Yeah, okay, um, all right. But they made I think they were also in it. Uh, they were.
2: Yeah. But, th- yeah. Yeah. But the one that yeah, the one that gets me is the Ed Sheeran one because it's so horrible. Yeah. Like four it's full so, faces on the screen. You.
0: Yeah, they didn't even try to make him not look like Ed Sheeran.
2: And he <laughs> like, can't act. It really can't. No. Um, I I, I liked him in yesterday because he was just playing himself, like reacting the way Ed Sheeran would if he was in this situation. But yeah, in that scene, he was terrible. But
0: I think you see, uh, in earlier seasons, they did a couple of things like this where they had guest stars uh, in and sometimes they were playing themselves and, and it worked out well. Like the one I think of, we already mentioned him on the show, but Johnny Favs showing up and playing himself. Yeah was good which also was an episode that had i want to say was it sandra bernhardt and oh who Mate, was you're it? really
2: getting into the weeds for me i haven't seen it in yeah. about a decade <laughs> just yeah, to warn it's,
0: you uh Jean janine garofalo as well like so yes it was like john was john there, Fav- yeah. john favreau was directing a film starring the two of them where chris went to visit because he was writing his screenplay so yeah. like that episode was received well at the time and um, you had arcs from very famous people like Steve Buscemi was in all of season five, and and he was great. But I was gonna um, say
2: he was very good. Like he, yeah. I mean, as you said from *Bulwark Empire*, that guy is fucking. Yeah. He he can do everything. Buscemi as well. Yeah. I think he's one of the most underrated guys out there because mm-hmm. like he's funny as well.
0: He's genuinely one of the greatest actors. He's like Paul Giamatti levels of underrated because he's great in absolutely everything.
2: Yeah. And every doesn't time get he the turn up, he should. And he's also a guy who turns up and you're happy to see him. You're never yeah. like, oh, Steve Buscemi's in this. You're like, fuck, what's yeah. Steve Buscemi going to do in this with his crazy eyes?
0: Um, also, because like, I think the next show I'm going to move on to after this is is probably going to be Boardwalk Empire to Absolute keep with the gangster show. theme. And to give it a full, I've never gone past season two because I keep getting distracted um, when I try to do a full watch. But like, you got Steve Buscemi, Michael Pitt, fucking... Um, what's his name Stephen graham
2: Stephen graham i was going to say if you didn't as, mention as al him, capone Stephen graham as al capone like a gobby little guy from liverpool that you wouldn't yeah. it, you wouldn't know you ever see him in interviews and stuff he's like a He's like more of a stand-up than he is an actor but he's so good yeah. as al capone and yeah. i thought he was actually fucking awesome in the um in the, the the last scorsese movie the irishman i thought he was he was amazing yeah. in that just being a horrible but- bastard
0: but now in season six, as well as the weird dream episodes, you're getting, like, um, just people showing up. And it's weird. Like, one of his dreams, he's just, uh, he's having dinner with Annette Benning.
2: Mm.
0: Like, in his dream, he's just, like, and in the middle of it, he leans over and goes, you're Annette Benning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. And then there's, like, um... The, the one I was just watching before we hopped on here, before my dinner, uh, just uh, Phil Leotardo was having a birthday party or something of the like, and fucking just Nancy Sinatra's there, just singing a song of
2: oh, yes, herself. Is. I'm, I and mean, then, all of these are like flooding back to me, mate, but like if you'd yeah. asked me who guest stars in season six, I I wouldn't have been able yeah. to tell you off the top of my head. Oh, there's,
0: there's, fucking, there's, there's fucking loads of them like that um but yeah like i it's a strange season and obviously because it's one of the most infamous endings in television history that like divided people like you read about when it happened in 2006 um and people still are a bit tetchy about it 14 years later they
2: are man i have had uh, so there's a guy a lovely guy i work with called alan um and me and him have, have had many an argument about it and it's like he won't even hear my side about it like to me I like it I like that it leaves it ambiguous as to you know what happened with Tony um, leaving it there just in case anybody wants to go and watch it and hasn't seen it but he absolutely he's the sort of guy where he's like no I like things to have a, a natural conclusion and it just felt wrong to me And, like, whenever I've tried to defend it, he just does that look where, like, someone's smiling at you but thinking every single word you're saying I completely fucking disagree with.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me very much of a lot of people, not not quite as dramatically, because half as many people, less than half as many people, I'd say, watched it at the time. But the end of season five of The Wire, like when The Wire wraps up, it doesn't wrap up in a way where it's like, okay, right, the adventures of Detective McNulty are over. It wraps up in a way that's kind of very unsatisfying to people who expect every loose end to be tied up. Um, because it's kind of like the message is more about how like the war on crime is very cyclical and the the, the cast of characters just kind of rotate in and out that's the lesson uh, of the ending of it but yeah people don't play that shit nice. <laughs> sometimes i think the only if I, if i'm trying to think of, like the only tv show i think that would give even the biggest kind of i need everything wrapped up pedant uh any sort of satisfaction was six feet under did you ever watch Six Feet yeah, Under? Because the
2: end of Six Feet Under was everyone's death, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. It was they showed how everybody how the rest of every principal character's life played out until their death. I
2: think like, that every is. Every single
0: one of them. It's like it's like your man what's his name? Is it Alan Ball? I can't think of the guy because he went on to then do True Blood, but it was like he just went, no, do you know what? I'm not going to sit at conventions for the rest of my life and get questions about what happened to these people. I'm fucking wrapping everything up and you can fuck yourselves.
2: Yeah, class way to end it. I mean, my favorite finale ever is the the Breaking Bad finale. I just thought it was an absolute fucking masterpiece because it's very rare that in a final episode you get meaningful like really meaningful beats of action and story and stuff happening a lot of the time Uh, it's kind of focused on one element but that brought a lot of things together very well and part of that
0: is because like a lot of tv shows don't get to go out on their own terms
2: no no (laughs) uh, they either Uh, they either leave early because there's not the money or they stay around way too long because it's making too much of the money.
0: Yeah. So, like, the latter is the case for Scrubs, where there's that zombie Scrubs season at the very end. Oh, don't even. Like, it's just, oh. Uh, Do you or, know what, like, though, I'm thinking...
2: Since I've watched Scrubs, like, since the last time I've watched it through, I have watched that last scene at the end of uh, season eight of Scrubs uh, a few times just over the years, and it gets me every time because that is a similar thing to the Six Feet Under of flashing forward to seeing what, like, the characters' lives are like in the future. And it's done so well. And it's like I can't believe you didn't end it there, and then went and did another series. It's almost offensive, like you don't want to watch it.
0: Yeah, and then the uh, like the like I think of the ones that ended uh, either badly or too soon, and like I think of Firefly, obviously, and the original run of Arrested Development. And in terms of one that made people just as fucking mad as The Sopranos, I always think of lost.
2: Even more, the worst ending of a TV show ever is How I Met Your Mother, and I kind of don't yeah. want to hear the argument for anything else. Do you know what happened no, in the I... End of How I Met Your Mother? I don't even want, I don't care yeah. about spoiling it, but... So what happened was, they spent... It was kind
0: of similar to Lost, in that they spent so many years promising you that this wasn't how it ended, and then that's how it ended.
2: Right. So Lost was just another ambiguous one where like every fucking plot thread and every plot line that they'd ever invented, you know, was that they just didn't deliver on any of it and everything was ambiguous, right? But they
0: did the thing, like the one thing they always categorically ruled out was that it was the island was purgatory. purgatory yeah. And that was the fucking ending.
2: Yeah. It's like <laughs> and I don't no, care it's... if
0: that ruins it for anybody cuz fuck that show.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so How I Met Your Mother, you spend 9 seasons for Ted to meet the mother and then they finally do it and the scene is perfect of the meeting so well done and then you get a minute of seeing their relationship build and it's and that's still good. And then you get 30 seconds of, oh, she's got cancer. She's dying then she's dead. So like, you know, two minutes after you've met the mother, they've killed her off with cancer. And then they make Ted go and get back with Robin in the show, who's every time they ever try to get together, it went dramatically awful and fell apart. And then he turns up the end with Robin and you're like, what? So all of this, how I met your mother stuff is absolutely completely nonsense. And they just done a stupid ending where they killed off the mother that they'd been building to nine seasons for in a minute and a half and then put back with a character whose relationship didn't work. And it was terrible. And everybody I thought when I watched it, like I hated this. I wonder what people think. The Internet was on fire with absolute fury and rage towards the guys that made that show, because everybody that loved the show was was really upset and you know what i haven't gone back and watched it i used to fucking love the show i thought it was a really cool sitcom haven't gone back and watched an episode since because none of it feels the same to me i'm like well this isn't building to anything yeah neil patrick harris is funny as shit and i love jason siegel and i want to see him in more stuff but mm, give a fuck because it's nonsense sorry i'm still angry as you can tell
0: There was so many people I know, like, we all used to be really into that show in college, and then we all just kind of burned out, and then we heard how it ended, and we're like, oh, fuck off.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, it was to the point where, like, we used to have slap bets uh, in amongst our college friends. Um, It was always great stuff.
2: It was such Um, a memeable show. There was so much, and it just slightly predated being super memeable. Like, if it came out maybe five, ten years later... Like Twitter would be filled with Neil Patrick Harris memes. Like there still is the one of him like fake shooting himself in the head and stuff that you see every now and then, and a couple of gifs. But yeah, like the slap bet thing, there was so many. Like he had Neil Patrick Harris as Barney on that show, had so many cool like little codes and things that he would say that people were using.
0: It it brought Neil ha- Patrick Harris back as a thing in a way that I always hoped his cameo in Harold and Kumar yeah, would.
2: exactly uh like he he's <laughs> that first Howard and Kumar movie he's the best thing about
0: it <laughs> I love that movie, but he is the best thing about it,
2: yeah, I like the movie a lot as well, and it just uh i uh, i'm so I'm still so pissed at what they did with how I met your mother because yeah. every character had an unsatisfying end, yeah Do you we're know we we not talking been?
1: about sopranos at some point here, yeah, yeah, oh, and yeah, we got just
0: going on to t v endings. I also hate the ending to Dexter, but uh. <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll park the Sopranos I'm kind of done with the show it, it, like, it like I'm 5 episodes short I'll watch at the end even if season 6 is still weird it's better than the final season of a lot of TV shows Um, and it's slowly but surely like giving us write off to different characters as the season goes on so like it's even if the very ending is contentious I think it's doing a lot of things right currently Um, and a lot of things I've forgotten about it like the kind of sad and tragic you know final arc of uh corrado junior soprano who is just like this immense dickhead in season one but by season six you you've gotten like almost a kind of sympathy for him um because of just how like his 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 body is obviously failing him and he's getting old and things like that it's a really weirdly sympathetic arc for somebody who was such a bastard for so long in the show, um. The other thing I've been watching, is, well, I rewatched. watched, uh, I, I tend to dip back into it in and out, and it's something me and Jack talked about at length because I made him watch it and I kind of bummed him out a little bit, is Ex Machina. Um, oh, that didn't
2: bum me out. That just. <laughs> that just, I, Maybe, I, I don't know, I think bummed out is the right word. It sort of sent me into some weird existential funk. It's It's a really because
0: uh, the reason I thought about it was was listening to a podcast that was talking about uncut gems and about how that's like you know a 90 minute panic attack it is.
3: Uh, of a Have movie and I was it? like
0: I- I've seen it yeah and I was like what other movies make me feel like that I was like do you know what makes me feel like that is Ex Machina yeah uh, that movie in terms of like uh, a, like it's a great sci-fi story it's a great horror movie in some ways but the way it builds anxiety and dread that something bad is always about to happen um, it is brilliant and god like because I love uh, I think Alicia Vikander is a great actress Uh, I think Donald Leeson is great but like Oscar Isaacs is just like I will watch anything that man is in until the end of time
2: he's brilliant
0: and like just him like losing his mind and actually Mark have you ever seen Ex Machina?
1: No, because I don't enjoy films where they're
2: a 90 minute panic attack i, I you, yeah i I don't know if mark I mean you watch that film it is heavy fucking going man it's uh, it's heavy going I don't want like, I don't want like, Jeff Gertzman this, but that yeah. could happen. Okay. Yeah. If you read about I- <laughs> neural networks, like yeah. that could fucking happen. So that movie. basically, the
0: premise of the, the the premise of the the film, Mark, is that like uh Oscar
1: isaacs is this like oh, I'm I'm b- aware of the film. I know the film. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: So like he's the he's the billionaire tech guy who's kind of like a bit of a recluse, and he hires this guy donald Gleason to come to his house for the weekend, essentially, and he's going to be the human component in a Turing test. Uh, of which like uh, Alicia Vikander is the AI in question and it's how things play out in that and it's an incredibly like tense claustrophobic paranoia inducing movie. Um I love it. I think it's one of the great I think, I think it's one of the greatest modern sci-fi movies. Um,
1: Honestly I'd rather just watch i Robot
0: <laughs> Oh the two hour commercial for Audi and, and uh Converse.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't nothing but lights and clockwork. Time.
0: You, you should have gone more obscure and said, like, I'd rather watch Bicentennial Man or something like that. <gasps> I
2: really liked Bicentennial Man. <laughs> I Here's must admit, boy. though, I haven't seen it probably since I was, like, maybe 15 or 16 yeah. years old. So I don't know how that film has aged. There
1: are, there are, when you think about it, a lot of deep cuts in the Robin Williams back catalogue that you don't think... Like, when you think of Robin Williams, you'll go to Hook or um, Good Dead Morning Blood Vietnam... Sadie yeah yeah yeah, but there are, there are some deep cuts in the back catalog
2: yeah the best the best one i think it's called father of the year it's one of the yeah. films i had in the back of my head dave have you seen it no okay so it's one of the ones that when we were doing the other uh, podcast i had in the back of my head is something that i wanted Peace to watch. yeah the, the the popcorn social so the basic premise of that is that uh, Robin Williams is a school teacher, but he's a failed writer and he's never had any success. He's submitted multiple scripts and novels and never gone anywhere. His son is a horrible, deviant, awful kid who treats him like shit, is really miserable all the time, is always doing stuff, and he's like proper into really weird sexual stuff as well, which ultimately leads to him dying of autoerotic asphyxiation at some point. So obviously Robin Williams finds him and rather than having everybody knows that his son died like that, he pens this suicide note from his son who, like, and made it out like he was killing himself and everybody at his school is so touched by this suicide note and they're like, oh, he's an amazing writer. Did he write anything else? And then he starts writing his son's diary and gets really famous from it and yeah, that's like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Like we get to that position. Fucking brilliant movie. So twisted.
0: <laughs> uh- taking a, a a hard left turn away from uh, movies and tv uh into video games mark you're still working your way through final fantasy 7 I,
1: like? I am i think on like literally the last little bit now of the game uh, i'm on chapter 18 which is the last chapter uh, i've done the uh like battle down the, the motorway towards the, like, last bit where you leave Midgar, and unless it does any kind of big swerve at the end, which, I don't know, maybe it will, uh, I'm, I'm for all intents and purposes, at the end of the game just got this last kind of little climactic bit to do.
2: And... Mark, you wake I... up and it was all a dream and you're back on the train coming into Midgar. Yeah. Sorry, remember, mate.
1: Which uh, which Final Fantasy game is that? Um, no, it's... <sighs> I have to say, I'm, I'm coming away from my time and experience with this game, and I do feel a little bit deflated. Um, I, the game has some serious pacing issues, which are we, are we we discussed last week. We, we had a very lengthy discussion about it, and I don't want to drag on that too much again. Um, but after you come out of the last batch of uh, side quests, and then you get into the kind of... the the ascent to Shinra and climbing the the Shinra Tower to get to the top and everything to do with that, and that in itself is a pretty kind of weighted like four or five chapters. Uh, and there's a whole bit with with Doctor Hojo, and I just I got to the point, and maybe it's just me and, and my patience with these things, but I just got to the point. It's like I just want this fu- this thing needs to fucking pick up the pace and get to where I need to be. Um, it, it does so many times the the Bioshock trope of you. Here's where you need to go, but oh, there's a an obstacle in the way of the door, so you have to go all the way around to get to this point. And I, I don't, you you do it sure because you it helps you with uh, a sense of accomplishment and achieving where you need to go. But my patience had been worn so fit so thin, uh, partly because of the side quests and also just because the length of the the levels and the, the design. Uh, Just took forever to get to where they needed to be that like I am where I am now And I'm just looking at this game and there were parts of it that I enjoyed and I'm I still think that the overall um, Presentation of it is is incredible and that the the sound design is incredible and I you know I don't take any of that away from it But I'm at this point now where I'm near the end of the game and I'm just bored like I really am just bored And I just want it to be done Um, and Again, you know, I come to this game from a completely different angle and perspective than people that are ardent Final Fantasy VII fans. And, you know, if they got the experience they wanted, I'm happy for them. But I'm coming (laughs) to this now and I'm just looking at the idea that we're going to have a couple more of these 40 hour campaigns to do the rest of the, you know, complete Final Fantasy VII game. And I just want no part of it if it's going to be this level of padding. uh, It's. You know, I'd rather just fucking get it up on YouTube and watch all the cutscenes and just have it done that way than have to play through it because the bits that there were to play, eh, it was fine, I guess. But I don't know. I I look far more fondly back to the original Final Fantasy VII experience, and I'd rather just um, you know just play a traditional JRPG turn-based type of game. Like it's playing this is actually making me look for looking forward to playing Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, which I never thought I'd hear myself say, but this is where we are at the moment. So that's that's it from me. I mean, look, I've still got the last little bit to do. Maybe it will throw some swerve at me, a left turn. That will completely change my perception. But I would be surprised at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, why do you think I haven't finished it yet? I, I, I think I haven't finished it and gone back to it. And if I'm honest with myself, I don't really think I was enjoying it that much. I yeah. mean, I was so excited to play it. So excited to play it. As you guys well know, like I like I stayed up until midnight and started playing it um, and I just I just haven't finished it yet. And I think like I like I say, I have to be straight and say, I don't think I haven't finished it yet because I'm trying to save it. I think I haven't finished it yet because it wasn't having that good of a time and it was just generally a bit of a pain in the ass to play.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems that that is uh, I, I wouldn't say the consensus, but uh it's funny how many people I know have played that game, and I, you know, obviously I don't want it necessarily spoiled on me the changes and things like that. But I've gotten even in the vague discussions I've had uh, a sense of, mm, from a lot of people who have played it through, uh, which is it's sad for me because, like, again, I, I know how excited you are, Jack. Um, so it is disappointing.
1: I just I don't understand what this obsession is with a lot of the the big triple A games to make a 30 to 40 hour experience like yeah okay sure i don't need the order 1886 all right fine yeah we're all in agreement with that um but if you give me a solid 10 to 12 hour campaign as you know if those 10 to 12 hours are fucking packed and tell a complete story and you know just i come to the end of it and I'm like yeah that was a good time i will have my money's worth i will be happy and content with that uh but it just Even the mainline stuff for this game... Like, I spent most of the last week bitching about the side quests... But even the mainline stuff, trying to get from A to B... And the fucking arduous journey you take to get there... Ah, just... Yeah, yeah, like... Kind of what we're saying, or what Jack was saying about the the worst bits of Dragon Ball Z... A lot of that is here. Not in terms of, you know, the actual context of how it happens... But just the mechanics of just like, fuck me, get on to the next bit already. Um, But even then, with the bits that are there... Uh, I don't know. Like, the combat is kind of cool, but, you know, once you've done a good few battles, I mean, part of it, I guess, is maybe because I'm playing on Classic, but I haven't really, like, even thought so much about what materia I have applied to characters and, like, the, the tactical side of it just isn't really necessary and i that may be different on on hard mode i don't know but it, you know, it, is, just, it is a bit mate yeah to be fair yeah but like i just i come into every battle and i just like i right, go to barrett do his overcharge all right i'll go to uh tifa who has like this kind of um uh, like the spinning fist thing this not the spinning fist no it's the star shine or something it's a it's a pretty powerful uh a, ab attack that she, or at attack that she does or ATB, sorry, um, and then I'll just go to clouds to kind of clean up afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it got a bit redundant for me towards the end. So, and I still don't understand what the fuck the point of the ghosts are. Uh, you,
2: like, yeah, you. I mean, this is what I really want to talk to you about. So finish it, and I don't because it, it's, it's if you know the guy because um, he directed Kingdom Hearts games. It's it's Tetsuya Nomura as fuck. Um, The thing about Tetsuya Nomura is I think he's a really good character designer. Um, I just don't like him as a game director because he has like really cool ideas and concepts and his character designs, are. he usually makes the people in his games quite interesting and either likable or dislikable, whatever he needs them to be. But as a full game director, it's like he has a lot of ideas, like too many ideas and it's not really been edited very well, um and yeah, there's it is it is the Kojima syndrome it, it, it really it's is. a bit of that, and it's just a bit of like oh it's just a bit of why do they need to make it into so many parts I think if you just basically slightly if you made the if you made Final Fantasy seven look like Final Fantasy twelve in terms of the graphics, for instance, uh people would have been happy like if it was just that much better instead of just say like the old school thing I a lot of the problem with the modern Final Fantasy and they kind of tried to address it in Final Fantasy 15 and they sort of did a decent job of it is you don't And 13 was really guilty of this, you don't feel that sense of exploration because you're confined to one area, and I think the claustrophobia that you feel when you're in Midgar in the original game is cool when you finally break out, but it's like you know you're not breaking out of Midgar, so that claustrophobia just is like a looming sense. And, 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 you know, it's 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 obviously meant to convey probably the way the characters feel being there as well, but it shouldn't make you feel like, oh, I'm still here, I'm still doing this, I've got to go through all these side quests in this market, and yeah.
1: Though didn't they still struggle with that with Fifteen? Because I know a lot of it is open world, but, like, the second half, or certainly towards the the back end of that game, it comes a lot more linear.
2: Mm, uh, I mean, the very last bit is quite linear, yeah. Okay, um, all right. But a lot of the game is, is out open world adventuring. It's just, there's a lot of empty open world. And there kind of always was in Final Fantasy anyway. So, like, that's one thing that you can kind of say is the same. But yeah, they tried to address it. Um, they gave you the car as well, which was pretty cool because you never really had anything as, like, modern looking as that to, as, a, as a form of transport in a Final Fantasy game. But it was, yeah, it was disappointing for a whole other raft of reasons and final fantasy is that series that at the moment in the last few iterations just keeps on letting not letting me yeah i'm gonna say letting me down i think it's because i have such high expectations maybe if i that's why it's interesting to hear what you and dave think because i think coming into it not as a fan you probably don't really give that much of a shit about it like you're not pinning your hopes on it being a Good game or anything so
1: yeah I, well, I mean look when you come in with a series that has the cachet of like six seven in your mind i know it's a divisive one but eight uh like it's got a fair number of games in that category in in its back catalog that are up there in terms of like greatest game of all time discussion so yeah. you know you're not going to have them all be winners um but this I don't know. It's it's cool that it exists, and I know it's saying that people have been wanting for a long time. But I do wonder if, like what you were saying about the the uh, Zodiac Age uh, remaster, if they'd have just gone that route and just not spent and just had the entire experience of Final Fantasy VII in one package. Whether that would have been a better way to go. But hey, here we are.
2: Yeah, people would have loved it. Um, it would have just been a smart play. Just up-res it to like. PS3 graphics even like you know I, I don't think anyone anyone would have been sad about that and if it was a similar game but you know I, I still would maintain that 6 7 8 9 10 is one of the best runs of any game series ever um, Yeah but fuck
1: Blitzball all right
2: I mean look you you can say what you want about Blitzball but I think 10 yeah, is Yeah I can say fuck Blitzball <laughs> 10 is one of the best uh the best narrative final fantasy games out there in my opinion um, and fuck Blitzball yeah. Uh, Blitzball is Blitzball. You don't have to play it. That's the thing about side quests. You don't always have to be on it. And, and Ten has some other really cool side stuff you can do.
1: Yeah, I've started that game about three times and made it about an hour in.
2: Like, uh, uh, at some a certain point in the game, all of the uh, aeons that you can summon and stuff, when you get to a certain point, you can then go and face, like, dark versions of them, where, like, the, the main religion that you sort of uh, character follows in that game turns bad halfway through the game and therefore they turn like all of their spirits and like ions and stuff on you and it gets really fucking dark pretty
1: sure that was just a storyline in bleach
2: (laughs) it may well have been i don't know i've never seen it but um yeah it's yeah that that, that's a good run of games um it's probably up there with like a, a good run of like the zeldas or the marios or whatever but that's something to think about for a future episode actually like what is the best five game run of a game series ever
0: I uh, I have been playing um, some more Breath of the Wild, really. Um, that's kind of all I've been playing this week. Um,
1: How many podcasts do you think we've done in, in since we've been doing a show where we've spoken about Breath of the Wild? Because I imagine it's a well, fair few.
0: I am now past 165 hour now, <laughs> so me. I would say a lot. <laughs> Should um, we have a
2: Breath of the Wild klaxon yeah. that I can play next time we mention it? That, that, that is
0: over three and a half years, in fairness, so it's not like, it's not like I just... I have 160 hours on this save. It's since March 2017, so it's like you know, it's it's not
1: as bad. It's not great, but it's I've not as bad.
2: Played but... eight days of Warzone.
1: Um, yeah, so <laughs> you see.
2: Like...
1: Yeah, but how much of that was spent updating?
2: <laughs> Seven and a um, half days.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, like it, it's great to be able to do a new save after this long and kind of. The amount of things I've forgotten. I, I can't remember where things are. I don't remember where, where side quests end up sometimes. Just a like, quick
1: question, Dave. Does New yeah. Game Plus do anything different to your original save? Original uh, playthrough?
0: It, no. It makes the game a lot... Because it's not technically New Game Plus. It's called Master Mode. So it's a fresh save. right. right, but right you can right, only right. unlock it by beating the game pretty much. Sure. Uh, from what I remember. Um, it... So that you know it's master mode. There's like when you're in live play, there's a Triforce in the corner of the screen that denotes that it is master mode. The loading screens are a different color. But the main thing it does is just make us a game bastard hard. It doesn't change the level of challenge in any of the shrines or anything like that, but it beefs up the... like. You remember how all the enemies are color-coded in the game?
1: What I remember is the game is bastard hard to begin with.
0: Yeah, so like it color-codes the game. I died a fucking lot in that Mm -hmm. game. It, it, it colour codes all the enemies, so like your very basic enemy uh is usually brown. Uh there'll be like brown moblins and bokoblins and stuff like that. And then it builds all the way up to like silver is usually the toughest one from what I remember. Um so it basically there are no brown ones in this one it but it beefs up all the enemies and gets rid of the easiest ranks of enemies so like from immediately the starting area before you have any proper powers or weapons or armor or anything you're dealing with blue which are like the second or third rank uh enemies straight away they're much more aggressive than they are they'll chase you for longer like there there were Kind of, there are distances you can, on the normal game, run away from enemies and they'll just stop chasing you. Uh, they will chase you for a lot longer. There's a lot more of them. They're a lot tougher. Um, Does it and, weaken the
1: durability of weapons? Uh, not noticeably. Okay. <laughs> but, you know... The fact that mo- you're dealing with more difficult enemies. Yeah, like that, that
0: right. in and of itself kind of de facto weakens all the weapons because it's going to take more hits to kill everybody. You know what I mean, and most of the enemies in the game for the first god knows how many hours until you get enough hearts. Uh, most enemies in the game will be able to one shot you, um, so you like you really have to be on your shit. Um, and it introduces a couple of new. The most, as you might remember, I don't know if you ever tackled or killed one, Mark, um, but the most difficult enemy in the game by a considerable distance is the Lionel.
1: Oh, I know. Oh, I know about the Lionel, um, all right
0: a Lionel that is the most aggressive and overpowered enemy in the game that you meet. There's only a handful of them scattered across the map and all you have to do to make them go berserk and destroy you is draw a weapon. You don't have to attack them. Once they once you're in their line of sight and draw a weapon they go berserk. And that's in the normal game. Uh, and now in, in Master Mode it unlocks the silver and gold ranked Lionels. And fuck me. Are
2: we talking about <laughs> ultimate team with these silver and gold ranked like? Yeah, I know,
0: I know I know all right. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. It's just it's the same game, but just bastard hard uh, even by breath of the wild standards. But I still love it. I I, I, love I mean, it I, I, so I reminisced much. there
1: like thinking about the the Lionels and I did avoid most of them for the most part. And one of the 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 wonderful things about the game is that because it's just so, it is truly open world in in almost every sense of the term and that you know you you'll be climbing up this side of a, a mountain and then you'll get to a point where you realize there's a lion in the distance and you just think about okay he is between like where i am and where i need to be and there can be like multiple paths about how i can get around him and you know there's no like Sure, you can probably find find a guide online, but there's probably about six or seven different ways you can get around it, or like some creativity with your your weapons to there's, do that. There's
0: there's only one spot in the entire game where you end up having to fight a Lionel, if you end up there without being able to get around him in any way. There is a moment in Hyrule Castle where if you walk into the wrong rampart, you fall through the floor and you end up in a pit with a Lynel. Yes. And it immediately attacks you. Yeah. Uh, It's not one of the harder ranked ones in the game, um, but you do have to fight it. That's the only other time. Everywhere else, it's like in the middle of a field, on a plateau or in a big valley or something like that, where, like you said, there are ways and means to either distract it and run away or
1: avoid it entirely. I love um, as well that, you know, when you think about going into Hyrule Castle, you think about going through the front front doors and it's this big, grand kind of thing. I remember sneaking around the back because I was like, I don't want to fucking deal with anything to do with Hyrule Castle. Like, yeah. if I can find some shifted way there, through the back, the, avoiding yeah. the enemies, I'm good to go.
0: There's something like seven or eight different ways into that yeah. castle. Yep. Um, the one I didn't find, like, I, I haven't gone tra- towards Hyrule Castle yet, understandably, in Master Mode. But the... the right near the end of my previous save i remember just happening upon there being a harbor under the castle Mm -hmm. which i had no idea whatsoever (laughs) like it was there and it was a much easier way than the way like i basically just fought my way through the first time i went in and beat ganon where i just went in through the front door and i killed every fucking guardian the whole way through and up the castle. Uh, and there are a lot of those fuckers. I ate through a lot of shields because the only way to really survive guardian battles is to be able to do perfect parries over and over and over again. Um, and I have barely even on master mode, I've barely even tried to struggle. I haven't fought any guardians that are still moving about with their legs on them. I've killed a few that are buried into the ground and are just essentially turrets. Uh, but in terms of fully charged guardians, I haven't even haven't even gone that, down that road yet. But uh, yeah, that, that game is an all-timer. Um, do you know, I, st- just...
1: I still think that even as highly rated as that game is on Metacritic and wherever else, I do think that game is actually still underrated. Like, I don't yeah, think yeah. it is... It, it's the Tamahiro Ishii of uh, video games like how whatever you think it's still underrated so
2: Steve Semi and Breath of the Wild both underrated (laughs) according to this podcast every time I
0: every time I come back to it because obviously I have the childhood nostalgia with like Ocarina Link to the Past Majora's Mask and every time I come back to Breath of the Wild and I play through a few hours I'm like this, this probably is the best one you know and it's hard to because those older games are so intertwined with my childhood romanticism of video games I I it is hard to ever get an objective view on whether it is the best, but uh, for me, but it, it, it oftentimes I think it is my favorite. It it kind of moves, but I've said it before in the show. Like my my top three Zelda games tends to rotate a lot. Um, depending on my mood, but yeah, it's just oh it's an unbelievable game. And yeah, just something as simple as like you were talking about the different ways to tackle Lionel, but like the different ways of doing everything in that game. Mm, exactly, yeah. You know, that they're like saying shrines no where the...
2: they're just like, Here, yeah, do this. Yeah, you can once go wherever you like. Once,
0: once you're out of that initial area on the Great Plateau where it teaches you how to do those powers like magnesis and stasis and stuff like that, and you get your um your glider and they're like right you're off now nothing doesn't tell you like it tells you if you want to do some story stuff you can head towards kakariko village but other than that it tells you fucking nothing um except like your big objective destroy the calamity ganon <laughs> it is all is there from the start you know there's not a point where it goes okay you're ready now it's you can go right now you can go in 165 hours like whenever um, and yeah the freedom that grants you and the other thing that always blows me away and it's, it's something that everybody says about Breath of the Wild and that's the idea that like on the overworld literally anything you can see anything you can see you can go there without it loading once and it's it's just a breathtaking technical achievement but yeah as, as Mark said the, the being able to Uh, skin a cat all sorts of different ways like uh in the shrines as well where there's like i did one the other day where there's like an electricity puzzle and it wants you to use the the big metal cubes and a couple of metal barrels to try and complete the circuits but something a lot of people figured out very early on is the way they've programmed all the different things in the game metal in your gear or in your weapons can conduct electricity So you could just drop a sword on the ground and use a sword to complete the circuit. You don't have to do it the way they are kind of nudging you towards... And that's the same for a lot of different things in that game. There are so many ways to accomplish things. There are those, do you remember those shrines, Mark, where it's like a ball drops and you have to kind of use the motion controls? Oh, to, I remember
1: them. Yep.
0: Yeah. So something I didn't figure out until I was like watching a the video, there was some dude that was just like he flipped the controller upside down so that it was a flat surface, let the ball drop down and then just rolled it into place. <laughs> no maze. <laughs> I was like fucking hell. Like I remember, like I must have spent forty minutes on it the first time that I did it, and this guy was just like, "No, yeah, just flip the controller upside down." There you That's,
1: go. That's what we call cool life <laughs> hack. Like,
2: Fuck. Uh,
0: but yeah, that game is is boss. Uh, Jack, what have you been playing?
2: <laughs> oh my god it's such uh, after like two epic games like that it's really such a small tiny thing but there's a game on uh, the switch store at the moment and it's called pocket mini golf and i love a sort of mini golf game so it was 89p in the switch sale i think down from like two pound <laughs> or something uh, and it basically it's just every single mini golf hole on there is a par three and as you collect crystals in the game as you're going and if you don't get your ball down in par 3 you can if you've got enough crystals you can buy your way back into the game basically to carry on or if you don't have enough crystals it's game over uh, and i think there's like 50 holes and you just basically try and get through it in in the best way that you can and you know what for a quid um it's something i've just been playing like you know, in between waiting for things to load or, or doing stuff at home, by like every now and then, sort of 15, 20 minutes here and there. Uh, it's kind of taken over from downhill in that sense. And yeah, it's it's really fun. It's a silly little mini golf game. It's at best a 7 out of 10. And yeah, that's that's really it. There's, there's no uh, dramatic overarching narrative and open worlds of exploration or anything to do in it. But yeah, it's just something I've been doing playing this week
1: i actually do have this i downloaded it a couple of weeks ago uh it's just like you know because <laughs> unfortunately um because i've been so focused on pc and uh and final fantasy 7 that my switch really has only ever been turned on for one or two things to play a quick round of picross or to go and see what's are in the offers on the, the the on the store um and i saw that for like stupidly cheap you say it's like 89 pence at the moment i don't know if i got it for uh that amount um but if i see something like that i was like yeah i'll pick it up i'm sure i'll play it like in some sort of multiplayer fashion at some point uh and it's always good to have like a mini golf game of some description i don't know what the golf is on there now i need to get around to getting that at some point
2: yeah it is and yeah you can do multiplayer on it as well so obviously you haven't done that yet but yeah it's a good time um a very short review of a very <laughs> fun time distracting game
0: in the news this week with the exception of the impending mental breakdown of barry murphy trying to download the latest patch for call of duty uh more on that next week i think uh when we uh, dissect how, how that whole I thing mean, played out. all
2: we need to say really is that it's every time they do a patch it's like 35 fucking gig on playstation but it was 84 on xbox which is absolutely god damn it mental.
0: Gamespot. sorry oh, did, guys
2: just, <laughs> is that what that sound was in the background
0: yeah, GameSpot has auto-play on, so while Jack is talking, I'm just going to go mute this video.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a, the, the patch was 84 gig for Call of Duty on uh, on Xbox One, which is insane. And yeah, on PlayStation hard drives at the moment, it's taking up 190 gigabytes, which is absolutely off the chain mental. Um, it's
1: obnoxious is the word I, I think of. Um, like, I, I don't want to run crazy with conspiracy theories but so i mean activision came out and said that this is weird this is shouldn't be the case but i'm in my mind and thinking like are they just trying to make the patches and the actual download of the game so massive that you can't actually physically have anything else on your hard drive
2: <laughs> so they're just trying to get your soul attention by making yes. the game
1: so big yes i'm i'm completely confident that is not the case but it's just this file sizes are so fucking obnoxious um, that, you know, for at least a brief second, I entertained the idea.
2: The funny thing is, like, it actually got the phrase 84 gigabits, trending um, on, up to number two trend on Twitter. 84 GB. Think about all of the things that are happening in the world in the last couple of weeks and 84 gigabits is trending number two worldwide on twitter because people are so mad that you know you log on you want to play warzone oh you're going to have to wait for three and a half hours or however long it is going to be to take to download this 84 gig yeah
3: but
0: but aside from that absolute nonsense i think by far the the biggest news of the week has been the playstation 5 showcase um in lieu of this would have been E3 weekend, guys. We would have been doing our predictacular this week.
2: I would have been in covering it live. Um yeah, and calling of course, in yeah. from my from my uh, <laughs> Californian hotel room right now. And I, I would have definitely
1: predicted there was a cat with a backpack.
0: Yeah. Um so we got it was just over an hour long, the the PlayStation 5 reveal of both the console and a lot of games, and I, I think the best way to tackle this is just to kind of go in order and stop where where there are some highlights. Um, first things first, gentlemen, what did you think of the presenters themselves?
2: They were artificial, but they looked realistic. Yeah. It was the uncanny yeah. valley.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I wasn't really paying attention too much to that. Yeah.
0: So this is the thing that like, I think maybe half of the people watching twigged and then half of them didn't, is that, most if not all of the presenters were actually rendered in playstation 5 and not real um and that's something that i don't think playstation have confirmed yet um at least i didn't see any but there are numerous articles that have gone up over the day where it's like dude this was fucked up uh, and i remember uh brian was messaging me about it uh, and i'm just tweeting him about it now as we speak but brian was messaging me about it and i was trying to like no sell it and act like i know brian i know what you're talking about <laughs> he's like look at the way their shirts are moving <laughs> i was like no man i think you just need to get outside and get some fresh air and shit like uh, yeah, i don't know what you're talking about um but the uh the, the ps5 kicked announcement kicked off with a sizzle reel of ps4 and then an announcement of grand theft auto 5 and i felt like i was in 2014 again <laughs> um i suppose in isolation it's a decent announcement that like uh, so gta online is going to be available free-to-play for anybody with PlayStation Plus from launch on on PlayStation 5. I mean, that
1: that doesn't come as a surprise. I mean, we've been saying since, like, the get-go that GTA Online should just be its own separate entity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, in terms of the deal now that's in the box, that at least, you know, because most people are going to get PlayStation Plus bundled in with the console, that you have a sizable and incredibly popular game... uh, that is just available there from the off for you. Well, this...
1: Because, like, the only thing announced at launch was Fortnite, obviously. Uh, So, yeah, you got those two to keep you going, if nothing else. Yeah,
0: because, like, I look back and I go, the free-to-play game for the launch of PlayStation 4 was Rezogun, yeah. which was awesome, but absolutely not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> not GTA Online. Uh, no, this is a huge one. And then also the announcement that Grand Theft Auto V, the main game, would be getting a PS5 version at some point in 2021. I think dashing people's maybe semi-unrealistic hopes that there would be a GTA Six announcement this year, uh, I think it furthers the idea that whatever GTA Six is, it's a long ways away, because they are uh, porting an eight year old. It will be eight years old by the time it comes out. Game to a third generation. Um, I I thought Jack. I I thought like as as cool as the announcement of oh, there's like a very sizable game that's gonna be free in the box essentially from day one. I thought this was a really w- weird way to kick off your next gen showcase.
2: What by saying GTA Five?
0: Yeah. That it's just, like, somebody had a, uh, had a great, he was like, whoa, did you know there was a fifth Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> Which is like, because, you know, I think everybody was like, it's one of the things that all the kind of prediction shows and, and um, you know, hype shows and stuff leading up to it. Everyone's like, oh, what's going to be the first game they're going to show? Because they're going to want to wow people with how fucking like brilliant the ps5 looks i don't think anyone had gta 5 on the bet and slip uh to be honest it was a little bit of a thankfully it very quickly ramped up in gears but i felt like a little bit of a like that felt like a sizzle reel for maybe two thirds of the way through the thing rather than right at the start i felt like any of the next three games after this would have been better to lead things off
1: well you say that i mean look a lot of people play gta yeah. Uh, online and just about everyone owns a copy of GTA 5 and the they the, never going to own it again I was going to say not the upsetting <laughs> thing maybe that's not the right word but I mean this co- version of that game will still sell uh, a mm. distressing amount of units also
0: so, the implication being that like whereas Xbox even though they didn't show any games were stressing how much stuff is going to be backwards compatible PlayStation 5 leads off with you're going to have to buy this game again
1: well yeah I know right
0: um, and obviously it's a third-party game, so there's very limited things they could do about it. But like, I, I think the messaging here was a little muddled.
1: Uh, um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I still think just because of the popularity of it. I mean, even if you'd seen this or fucking like them announcing that what we already knew, that Fortnite would have been the uh, the game available at launch it wouldn't have surprised yeah.
0: me and I guess that's the other element of that like, because it is so popular there's a certain element of well of course I think we all assume that the yeah. game would be showing up <laughs> why did you need to make it this big kind of kickoff off piece um, speaking of muddling messaging uh, the next game excited us very much uh, lads and that was Spider-Man Miles Morales and it's taken about 24 hours to get straight what that game is Uh, At first, everyone, uh, I think, was under the assumption because of the way it was kind of the messaging was in the trailer. It was this is
1: the new Spider-Man game and a lot of us were surprised. Yeah, which at the same time, everyone, every one of us thought as well, that is a very quick turnaround. from because uh, Spider-Man
0: and because as well, Insomniac's messaging had been they had another game that they were working on before Spider-Man 2 was going to come out. And because two games from now, the other Insomniac game gets dropped, I think people were like, oh, so that must be the other game. And it is Spider-Man 2, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
0: Um, So Miles Morales, everyone's really excited about it. It's a cool looking trailer. It's coming out this holiday season. So it will be either launch day or launch window with PlayStation 5. But then over the last 24 hours, it it, at first kind of seemed to come out of Sony's marketing that it's actually just expansion or DLC. And the latest is—it's definitely not a sequel. They're not calling it an expansion or DLC, but it is essentially an expansion, like it's an expansion but in a different box kind of thing. It's it's kind of um, it's like Uncharted Lost Legacy. It's like Infamous First Light. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Last of two, Us left behind. Yeah, it's it's like the assets and the environment from the first game repurposed into a little kind of bonus adventure that's probably going to be about half the length. Um, you know, based on the kind of Sony's track record with those ones. Um so it's kind of like still excited, but I think it was so muddly that it was a little bit of a kind of they they build me up more they they built me up more than they had to and because of that, it let me down a little bit when the reality of it dropped, you know? I don't know.
1: I, this actually, in some ways, may be more hyped up because if it's a shorter, more condensed type of package, that might mean that there's less fluff and we just get Miles Morales yeah. jumping around, swinging, punching bad I, guys, and yeah, I, that's I mean, what I'm here for.
0: I, I mean, I love that game so much that I would be happy with, <laughs> you know, what I, like as much as they wanted to give me, even if there was fluff in there because I just want to be in that world a lot um so yeah there are because like lost legacy was good you know it wasn't fucking uncharted 4 but it was good and there are benefits to that tighter smaller experience but uh, yeah i i do think it will depend on how you felt about the original spider-man or uh and a bunch of different variables like it, it, this news will kind of ring differently with different people a lot of people are going to be like you mark satisfied about the smaller tighter package and a lot of people are going to be like ah, oh, fuck it's not spider-man 2 you know uh, Jack, you're a big Spider fan. Uh, how excited are you?
2: Yeah, very excited. I don't really care what it is. Uh, if mm. if it's a playable game and it's like ten hours of content, I'm gonna play the hell out yeah. of it and enjoy it. Um, mm. The trailer looked really cool. I think it's awesome that we're finally getting a Miles Morales Spider-Man game. Like you know, we got yeah. an excellent Miles Morales Spider-Man yeah. movie, and now hopefully the. I
0: I just wish it was the foot fu- like that. Miles got the full sequel, you know.
2: Yeah, I, d- <laughs> but you know what that he will be a massive part of the second game it will probably be the pair of them i'd imagine the second game they might if it does well they might try and do a spider-versy type situation is is what i would guess but you know we'll see i guess
0: Mm. Uh, next up you could have set your fucking watch to it that you know it's a new console we have to show the tech gran turismo's here um, and look, I'm not a big Gran Turismo guy, I get one every few Gran Turismos, but uh, the presumable Gran Turismo 7 um debuted here, and I have nothing more to say about it, only that it, you know it, it looks like a really pretty Gran Turismo, it
1: looks all awesome. shiny and chrome. Yeah. I, haven't, yeah, I haven't bought one since PlayStation 2, and I don't know, I feel like this might be my jumping on my, my point to jump back on because it does look yeah. very pretty. The last
2: one I owned was four, I think. And I didn't play a whole lot of it. Yeah. The one I played the most by far was the original Gran Turismo. It's mm-hmm. why I like the band Ash so much because "Lose Control was on yeah. there. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a fucking awesome song. But yeah, this looks awesome.
0: Yeah, I got Gran Turismo 3 accidentally free through my video, my, uh, my old video shop extrusion. I rented the Vinnie Jones Epic Mean Machine <laughs> and I, I opened the DVD case and Mean Machine fell out. And then I looked into the DVD case and Gran Turismo was sitting in the DVD case as well. And I returned Mean Machine. And that's all I'm going to say about that.
2: <laughs> I think the uh, statute of limitations probably up by now.
0: Well, ExtraVision is out of business, so yes.
2: That was your fault.
0: <laughs> and I'm why.
2: <laughs> you put them out of business, um, that profit margin yeah. from that game. That
0: was it. There was just Gran Turismo. There's one Gran Turismo game and that's it. The children are going to have to go hungry this Christmas. Um... Speaking of games that made the thing look impressive, uh, I think this was the low-key best tech demo of the whole show, and that was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, it looks like a really cool Ratchet and Clank game, but guys, this falling through rifts into different worlds in actual gameplay footage with no load times or hitching whatsoever—yeah, this,
1: this, this was is, this, this was is showing a real to me SSD flex. This is yeah. what this was. Uh, yeah. I, and, and this
0: is—I I think it would have knocked more people out, were it not for the fact that like people were watching it on Twitch or on yeah, YouTube definitely. in 1080p, and this was footage that was 4K and compressed.
1: Like I am the real high man on uh, on that Ratchet and Clank reboot. I thought that game was excellent, uh, and I've been really hoping we'd get another one coming up soon. And this this looks really good, uh, and uh, I don't know if it's kind of a. A portal sort of thing or how that mechanic is going to work exactly but i am give me that groovy tron it's been too long
2: it um to me it looked like cyberpunk ratchet and clank some <laughs> is what i said in, it, in the chat as it was happening because it was like some of the environments and stuff looked like future dystopian cities that they were going through this thing just mm. looked fucking cool and like you said dave how smooth was all the like weird transitions and stuff and it yeah, it, it just,
0: it looked the part. I think it was the one, that because it's Ratchet and Clank, I think maybe some people, because I was seeing at the end, people were going, I don't see what the big technical leap was. And I was like, I think maybe some people just switch off their brains because it's Ratchet and you know what a Ratchet game is. But like the more I watched that footage, the more I'm like, this is like deeply fucking impressive tech under the hood. Um. So yeah, I was really excited by that because it's showing me like if that's what launch window titles can do like when people really get their hands on this and have been working with it for a couple of years the fucking oh my god the the the, the quality of game you could get out of that system and that the horsepower that's going on is is breathtaking uh next up we had uh your square being weird portion of the program square enix and luminous productions premiered a game called project athia which uh, was an early leader for weirdest name on the show, but unfortunately uh, it didn't
1: have that title by the end. Uh, it was I would imagine that that is not the the name it will be by the time it comes out.
0: Yeah, some people have speculated that it's like um, some sort of stealth Final Fantasy offshoot game because there were shots of the overworld of this game that people have put side-by-sides with shot of the fi- shots of the Final Fantasy fourteen overworld, and there are identical features. So either they were reusing assets, or this is kind of going to be later shock and awe revealed to be some sort of Final Fantasy-adjacent project. Um, but yeah, flying sections, seem to be werewolf-type creatures. Um, it's a PS5 exclusive, Uh, whether it's console exclusive or or timed exclusive I'm not too sure we're back in that sort of a game now Um, then we have Annapurna who always put out interesting games and they have a a robot game called Stray Um, it says here it's set in a world where humans die off cats however are still in abundance and the robots appear to be replacing humanity in their old roles it sports a neon infused aesthetic and adorable kitties wear backpacks Um, and yeah we're going to play the Stray Cat game right guys I'm in that's it I'm in I'm sold. I'm <laughs> Straight up. Then we have possibly the gold medal for dumbest name. It's the um, it's the new game from Housemark, the people who brought us Rezogun, uh, and it's a game called Returnal.
2: Yeah, um, that sounded like it should be a Terminator sequel.
1: Yeah. Like that, that um, kind of
2: name, like Genesis, Returnal, like it just yeah. I mean, yeah. look,
1: we already have the the benchmark for dumb names set high, Revengeance. Uh indeed. You know, R- Return always just on that You leave metal
2: line. solid out of this, you son of a <laughs> bitch.
1: <laughs> um
0: yeah, it seems to be like a kind of um oh fucking oh what's that? Uh, live die repeat. What's that movie? Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, Edge of doing Tomorrow. The Groundhog Day. Oh,
1: edge, edge of Tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's an Edge of Tomorrow-type, uh, Groundhog Day-type concept where the protagonist keeps reliving the same events, including her own death, over and over again. But the planet changes every time she's revived. I get a um, real Prometheus vibe from it. Mm.
2: Majora's Mask meets Prometheus.
0: Mm. Um, next up, Sackboy. Big adventure, coming from Sumo Digital. Yeah, um, it
2: looks like they've actually asked making their own game for someone to play this time rather than, you know, just putting it out there.
1: I, I'll i be curious, because here's the thing. I... I i got hyped like like crazy for those three little big planet games but i always kind of came away i like i never finished one because uh, i always found that the platforming the, the, the actual kind of level design and the creativity is obviously magical and wonderful and having stephen fry narrating in your ears is a is a calming and wonderful experience but i always found the platforming was just a bit off like the you know it's never compared to a a mario or name your platformer of choice because it i think the emphasis was just on the level design and creativity so i'm hoping that if this is just a straight up platforming game there's none of the um level me- design mechanics and the, the custom stuff that's all out the window and they can just focus on okay let's make this a platform and a good platformer i i could be excited by this but i, I yeah. don't know.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to me. Um it's interesting that it doesn't seem to have media molecule involved with us at all. Well, no, it's, I imagine they're yeah. still
1: very busy with dreams.
0: Yeah, so it's it's all on Sumo Digital now who had been kind of like half making the last couple of little big planet games with them um but yeah we'll, we'll see what that is uh like you said it could be a very lackluster platformer but i i don't think we were necessarily the the target audience of that uh particular game uh next up there's the kind of like uh let's mash as many genre games as pos of games as possible together in at once and that's destruction all-stars which is like a rocket league fighting Free, free running, running metal
1: fucking crush hour have you guys yeah.
2: seen alita battle angel the movie it's yes. yeah it looked like yeah. the game from that 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 that, that yeah. to sum it up pretty really quickly
1: uh kina I, I, le- re- I will say though i i'm actually quite i i want to give that a go because that looks like i i know the 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 battle royale genre is uh has kind of been beaten to death at this point but a any type of racing or, or twisted metal kind of take mm-hmm. on the Battle Arena, Battle Royale mode, I would be interested in seeing. Here, here's
2: here's the one. Burnout, takedown mode, Battle Royale. Imagine that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Destruction Derby, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I, I look pretty cool. I'm, I'm interested by that one. Uh, next up, Kena Bridge of Spirits, which
0: looks like a magical Pixar movie. Sign me the fuck up.
3: Yep, that'd
0: look cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Then we have the most on-brand Jack LaZelle game of the evening. Goodbye Volcano High. Um which just looks like life is strange with
1: anime dinosaurs yeah
2: it looked like life is strange um i don't know why but i got like a bojack horseman vibe from it
1: <laughs> yeah actually a little bit yeah. yeah we we had that in the chat i was doing the the twitch stream over and figure four wrestling of all places with a friend of the show brian rose and everyone was just like is this a fucking bojack horseman simulator or something
2: yeah it looked like emo yeah. bojack horseman and I, i've gotta say i'm on board 100 percent for that combo yeah
0: Emo Jack Horseman. Looking forward to it. Uh, then we had a new Odd World game, which looks like the. You know, it's an Odd World game, but, like, it looks visually quite impressive. I, I don't know. I've kind of checked out on Odd World at this point, but it looks good for one of I mean, those. it has
1: the, the 2D, like, the. Um, pers- uh perspective of the originals but it looks a yeah. lot more action orientated yeah uh, so i will be curious to see kind of how the the pacing of that goes but yeah mm. that visually obviously it, it looks incredible
0: uh Ghostwire Tokyo re-emerged uh, after a couple of its creative leads have departed in the last year or so um it still looks really interesting I don't know if it excited me quite as much as it looked originally but I'm still all about it um yeah looks like a real spooky cyberpunky game and you know i think somebody said if video games of the last few years have taught us anything is that the only two cities on earth worth saving are tokyo and new york um <laughs> and this is another in that tradition. it looked
2: like i am legend uh yeah. yeah to me is what it looked like like i am legend set in tokyo which is a fucking mm. cool looking thing and that tokyo looked damn good so i'd be yeah. interested to see if that's like the one of the first like fully realized sort of real world city locations that appears on the ps5 what they can do with it
0: yeah uh jet the far shore which is a super
2: brothers game which i at first it... thought was called jeff the far shore yeah. as did many <laughs> other people so did,
0: and so did jeff Gersman. yeah <laughs> <laughs> who was watching it is that game called jeff um and that game is one of the many on this show that, like, has a lot of style going on. It's going to be tough to, uh, it's hard to tell just on that brief teaser what the game is, but I, it's one that I will be keeping track of, I think. Um, Godfall, which was shown, uh, it was the very first, there's your pub quiz trivia fact, the very first PS5 game that was ever shown was Godfall, and it just looks Michael Bay as fuck.
2: Yeah. I think that's a fair description. Uh. I really can't remember an awful lot about the trailer for Godfall. In fact,
1: it was just—it looked very hacky and slashy. It was just so much, yeah, of everything. Yeah. Uh, solar Ash, uh, which I, I
0: nothing is really sticking too much in my head. I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, they—they okay. all
1: words." I don't remember a thing
0: about yeah. that one. Uh, but all this is quite frankly preamble because uh, there were a pair of pants thrown into low Earth orbit at the next game. And that was IO Interactive announcing Hitman Three, oh. starting off in Dubai.
2: Yes, I'm so good. I, I, I mean, I, you, if you've been around me when I saw that IOI logo and then I saw like the side silhouette of Agent Forty Seven, I started bouncing. I was actually bouncing up and down like a small <laughs> child. Um, yeah, I, I,
0: I was already so excited by that, and then somebody pointing out that. Maybe Dubai is where Sheik Zanzibar lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because
2: the
0: shake because the
2: Sheik was in Hitman 2 as well. He was at the uh, yeah. he was at the racetrack in Miami and you could like break into yeah. his like own little personal team thing and, and, and be yeah. him again. So yeah. Oh, and I really hope we see the return of Helmut Kruger uh oh. as well another well if
0: they're going to close off the trilogy he needs to be there
2: they had the fucking oh man it looks like they had a level set at the top of the burj khalifa oh, i'm that's yeah. so cool man like you have to be able to murder someone by like chucking them yeah. off the side of the burj khalifa
0: and as seems to be hitman tradition at this point that game is out in january
2: yes guys i mean it's a wrap for Game of the Year 2021. I'm already <laughs> calling it. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's done. It's finished.
0: Straight in. A uh, new AstroBot game, which I love AstroBot.
1: So yeah. I'm just I'm, hyped I'm, that uh, this isn't in VR and this is just something yeah. that I can get my hands on. I well, so I at
0: played least, it. At-, at least Mark doesn't seem to be. <laughs> no, no, let's no. not rule it out.
2: I played it around yours, Dave, and. Uh, they had the same gimmick here but when the little astrobot comes out of the controller for the first time i was just like immediately in love i was like this is so cool yeah and it's a great it's so charming it's a great little wacky action adventure platformy kind of fun time game so yeah this could be a nice gentle one to uh to cleanse the palate of some more serious stuff i think
0: uh Little Devil Inside, which is another game that has a lot of style, but we're going to have to kind of wait and see uh, what that game turns out to be. Uh, But another one that kind of piqued a little bit of interest in terms of its look. Uh, Then we got NBA 2K21. And as the podcast sports correspondent, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Jack, how wet was this man? I
2: was going to say, this is sweat. This is extreme. It looked like NBA NBA 2K21, the sweat files, because, yeah, Yeah. it was just, like, advertising how sweaty they can make a man. I don't really know why. Um, But NBA games, like, in the last few years always kind of look pretty cool, so... (laughs)
1: I mean, we've moved past the hair physics now, uh, but this was like sweat with a, ca- a capital wet. Uh, mm. I- I've never seen anything like this.
2: Yeah, I think it was, it was Anthony Davis of the, the Pelicans. They had um, announce yeah. it and then show him. And it was just like, it is a weird way to show off an NBA game because it was like a dimly lit arena. Um, or like a dimly lit gym and you saw like a half court of Anthony Davis just running towards the hoop and then yeah all the, the little light that was on him was just glinting with all of the moisture all over his body so yeah that's a very odd way to say but like we know we're going to get like sports games that come out once a year still coming out so I don't know if they even really need to fill a slot with this shit to be fair
0: Next up, we have the next game from the creators of Octodad, Bug Snacks, which is the weirdest game of the night, but I am on board. Uh, A world full of creatures that are halfway between insects and snacks. Uh, We saw burgers, we saw strawberries, and as this uh, GameSpot article points out, a game with a narration from what seems like a Steve Irwin-style wildlife expert. Um, If it's anything like Octodad, it will be hysterically funny and off-the-wall weird, so I'm on board.
2: Yeah, I mean, every time they were eating... These things, but you initially you saw that cute little strawberry run away and and it got eaten and I felt really bad for it. But then it became like a part of the the, the, the person that ate it. And it's like not only are they food, they're also parasitic food, and do you fully turn into like, mm-hmm. have you got to like eat a recipe and turn into a dish or something? I I don't know how this is gonna work. That it, be- <laughs> it gave me a very
1: strong uh, rare vibe. Yeah, to it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it looks very sure. weird, very original. <laughs> Um, elements. There was one moment where there was like a Pikmin mechanic going on. It there, there just seems like there's a lot of things going on with this one.
0: Next up, we had uh, the reboot, the the remake of Demon's Souls, uh, which like looks incredible visually. We didn't see any gameplay. Um, the, the The video looks great, but uh, you know. Uh, I don't think that's going to be... Yeah, I don't think that's (laughs) going to be a game for any one of the three of us. Especially considering, from what I remember everybody saying about Demon Souls, it's like a much harder to physically control Dark Souls. Yeah,
2: it looked very Mordor, everything that I saw. Very, like, Eye of Sauron and, like, fiery demons burning and shit, so yeah. I think it disappointed a few
0: people. Like, there were some people who thought it was, like, um... God of War 2 at first. Yes. There were some people who seemed to think it was uh, the the next Elder Scrolls. Um, <laughs>
2: They're not going to drop that in a PS5 card. No,
0: no, that's that's going to be out on its own. Uh, and they were a bit disappointed. But uh, yeah, look, for the, the Soulsborn community, that's a big one. Uh, it's been rumoured for some time. Uh, so fair play. Um, Deathloop, which is the maybe the coolest of these were running out of names names and also probably the most stylish game on show uh and i'm not sure like exactly how this game is gonna play by the time it comes out but i've certainly had it on my this could be one i will play list for quite a while what did you guys think of
1: yeah i mean i i like arcane studios i like dishonored um it has elements of that it has elements like visually there's some Bioshock shock stuff going on in there as well yeah. which uh, is very like because because prey is extraordinarily bioshocky yeah yeah uh, and then the whole thing just has this this tarantino style package to it in its visual Presentation. It looks cool as fuck. Uh, this is something I am definitely, definitely going to wa- want to get my hands on. And yeah, I mean, Deathloop, it kind of says it there that there's obviously, there, there must be some sort of mechanic to it that is going to use some sort of time manipulation, maybe. But this, this looks stylish and, and cool and was for me like the, the trailer of, of the, the evening.
0: Hopefully it's like a low key time splitters reboot. Hell yeah! Tam <laughs> Straight. People don't talk about time splitters anymore, Mark. What the fuck? We did. Once. Yeah. Damn straight. Um next up we have possibly the most Dave Ryan game of the night. Um and that was a game that there had, I think, been a demo for called Village. And much like Kitchen was the the uh the VR demo that ended up being uh Resident Evil 7, Village appears to be Resident Evil 8. Uh, and it, it seems like it, it's very Resident Evil 4 vibes about it. Um, and it looks great. There's werewolves. There seems to be witches. It looks spooky as hell. Uh, I know the first person of it all, which seems to be where these new uh, numbered games are going, because Final Fantasy 7, or not Final Fantasy 7, Resident Evil 7 was first person. I like it. Uh, I, I think first person works great if you do it right with horror games because when it's in the first person it takes away that additional barrier of things spooking you because it's stuff is right up in your face when it's in first person so i kind of like it for the the spook fests uh and i think this game looks fucking cool. it kind of looks almost yeah.
2: like a victorian horror movie to me
1: yeah i, I fuck, just i'm digging this shit i just i Chris has gotten so big and so wedged that I didn't realise he was Chris I
0: think that's the running joke now is that like every single game Chris is in he looks completely different
2: he's wearing a fucking cool jacket though (laughs)
0: because he looks like the last I think three or four games they look like three entirely different human beings but yeah cool ass jacket uh, cool ass moment in there uh, and the fact that they're teasing him straight up front so that he might be more directly involved with the game uh, than, than he was in the last one uh you know it remains to be seen but that game is coming out next year and again if it falls in the way that resident evil have been releasing games it could possibly be february uh, because they've been kind of doing a announce in june release in february cycle for the i think resi 2 remake and resi 7 were all on that kind of a tight window um so yeah uh, that's a that's this... a pretty
1: consistent rollout of resi games over the last few years
0: yeah. and good ones as well because they used to be you know half as consistent and maybe a quarter as good uh, if that, what well, I, I think it's it. because
1: they've they've stopped like with all the side series bullshit and they you know a lot of the focus has just been consolidated into just the mainline series they've kind of so, gotten
0: a, they've gotten a bit out of their own arses and saying like let's first and foremost just scare the shit out of people <laughs> and like that seems yeah, to be what they're good at Because
1: I mean it's just that that series is so bogged down with spin-offs and side series uh, games that like I, I do think there's just been somewhere along the way they're just like you know we just need to get our shit together and just do one game at a time and just stick to the mainline series but yeah like uh, it, it very much got the the Resident evil 4 vibes from it it looks very cool uh yeah this, this, is, this is hopefully we get a good one here and then they'll fuck it up with nine or maybe 10 i can't remember how it mm. goes with the cycle
0: so i think last time you got two really good ones Nemesis was mm, nemesis was nemesis uh, four was amazing, and then it went in the toilet. Yeah, and then there was. So like we might zero, get all the way to ten I, before it goes. Remember, in you had, the, code, in you the had bin. code
1: Veronica as well, which was Veronica. oh,
0: Code Veronica, yeah, Code Veronica. Which the greatest thing about that was that it had the demo for Devil May Cry on it. <laughs>
1: um,
0: if you got it on PlayStation Two, that was like we know this game maybe isn't what you want, but maybe you want the other game that's on this.
1: That's what we call um, the Zone of Enders Metal Gear Solid Two trick.
0: <laughs> then. Then we have, again, another we're running out of titled game, Pragmata. Uh, and I love the opening line of the description of GameSpot. A post-apocalyptic game set in a world where cats are now holograms. <laughs> That's pretty much all I need. I'm in.
2: Yeah, it looks it a bit Kojima-y, a bit Square Enixy. Like a, you know what I yeah. mean? It, it has like the square and. Ex- I think
0: we. I I think us in our little chat were all stone convinced this was. Kojima, Kojima
2: yeah. First, I was, and then uh, I, and then I thought, and
0: it turns out it's Capcom. Yeah,
2: I was shocked. that it was Capcom. It did not feel like a Capcom game.
0: Um. Yeah, it was so like Kojima cover band uh, as it turns out, because even the guy who shows up at the start it looks exactly like Ludens. Yeah. Uh, the mascot for Kojima Productions. Like we were just like, oh yeah, like there was no question in it. And then as you get towards the end, it's like, I don't think this is. And then you start thinking, no, no, it has to be. It's too close to kojima stuff. stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm not sure what that game is. Uh, really not as it would be if it was a kojima trailer i have no idea what's going on but i'm along for the ride
2: maybe kojima like got a job at capcom but under an alias in a disguise (laughs) and he's been working on this game for a few years now because that seems like a very kojima thing to do
0: uh next up we had i think the one that a lot of people would have put money on being announced and that was the sequel to horizon zero dawn which answers the long wondered question about how do you give a sequel title to something that was called horizon zero dawn you can't go horizon zero dawn two nor can you go horizon one dawn um so they've they've excised that but they've still decided to go without the the colon uh, so it's horizon forbidden west they should have called it and... two Horizon
2: zero dawn and we all know it cowards
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they should have said gears of four
2: absolutely uh,
0: back in the day goddamn cowards but uh, yeah, look, it's more Horizon. Um, That game looked pretty as fuck. Uh, I think we talked about it as well. The m- main mortal sin Horizon Zero Dawn committed was that it came out in the same two-week window as Breath of the Wild. Uh, otherwise, I think it would be much more fondly remembered by a lot of people. Uh, but it is a really good game. Uh, really difficult as well. Uh, so I am I am absolutely down for more Horizon. What about you guys? Yeah,
2: it comes out in the same week as Breath of the Wild too. so... Just to put that yeah. on your horizon, you—you got to
0: think, Gorilla are looking at it because like, Breath of the Wild Two was obviously announced, and they're like, "You fuckers, better don't do us. it again
2: to us, please."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never played Horizon. Um, if it does come to PC at some point, maybe I'll pick it up there. But I, I, yeah, I just I get never it for like a to
2: fistful of pocket lint on PS4 at this point. Yeah, or I could just play Breath yeah. of the Wild again. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to and, say. And and,
0: and you know, and you know what? you should play breath of the wild yeah i can't
2: really i can't really say that you should play over breath of the wild again
0: and last but not least lads uh the point i think that was the biggest talking point biggest memeing point biggest source of controversy the whole night the actual ps5 reveal now before we get into the design of the box uh, it's worth noticing there are two different skews of the PS5 from launch, and that is the PS5 vanilla and the PS5 digital. And the digital edition comes with no disk drive, which is, I think, we'd all been wondering when a console was going to launch with a no disk drive version. We have our answer now. Um And yeah, uh, I think from everything that was leaked beforehand, I think the standard size of... Uh, hard drive in it is going to be two terabyte uh which it'd really want to be at least that if you're going to sell an all digital version uh but look let's Can talk I, about the the elephant in the room the large white the
2: thing, <laughs> thing the, the thing the about Je, but th- before, before you move on the thing about a two terabyte solid state drive is if you're going to buy one of those just for your pc it's like a couple hundred quid so, like, that yeah. hard drive, to me, is going to make this thing expensive, I, I unless they found a yeah. way to manufacture it, like, on mass for very cheap. Mm. Well, we don't know, and because
1: per- they never fucking announced the launch uh, price yeah. yet. Or a date. <laughs> or a date. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we yeah. still imagine it's going to be the end of this year.
0: Yeah, it's holiday 2020.
1: Yeah, so, um, fuck
0: But it, as I was saying, kind of like last generation, I have a feeling Sony want to wait and yep. see if Microsoft will announce first. And Those whatever Microsoft do, chicken. whatever Microsoft do, they're going to try and go two weeks early and 50 quid less if they can make it happen business-wise. A lot of leaks uh, this week said they were going to announce it as starting at £600 sterling. Uh, we don't know if that's legit or not. The well, the, the the idea of the announcement happening this week we know was horseshit. But whether that £600 price... Part of me thinks six hundred won't be the number, um, and that's because there it's kind of like the way do you know uh, McDonald's will never do supersize again because of the documentary Supersize Me, and how much uh bad publicity that brought them. I don't think Sony will announce a console for six hundred flat just because that's what they did with the PS three and they were a laughing stock for about five years um for doing that as brian altano from ign once said they may as well have announced the console cost a million dollars for the reaction they got in the room when they dropped that fucker um but look let's just talk about the the design that's the that's the big thing everybody is talking about um i think i know where both you stand on it, and i think you know where i stand on it but let's go around the table uh, and we'll go with um actually no i don't know if i know uh, the entirety of Mark's takes and it. So we'll go to
1: Mark first. It's fucking massive. Yeah. Right. It's, it's fucking, like, obnoxiously massive. Uh, I mean, like, you know, at this point, people have made their entertainment units and they have their PS4 box or their Xbox, Xbox One box, and they have it all kind of set up in a nice kind of uh, specific way. Certainly if you've got, like, an entertainment unit, you have, like, a little shelf, a little area that you have for your... Uh, console Uh, this is gonna uh, you know we're talking real kind of first world problems here but that thing is gonna just completely fuck up a lot of people's aesthetic and it's interesting that
0: that's one of the like common design uh things between both of the new consoles is that the both of them are so weirdly shaped for what you'd expect that company to put out but I think, yeah, if you have the space, the exact space that your Xbox One fits in, you're fucked now for the Xbox Series X, which is a mini fridge. And then you're uh, you're also boned if you did the same for PS4 because now you have to fit the Tower of Barador from the Lord of the Rings in it.
1: Do you remember um, when we just had like the Wii or the GameCube and there were these nice compact little consoles yeah. we had that you could just fit on the yeah. fucking well, shelf?
0: Well, this is the thing as well. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like, right... So I love the... Again, I, I've had the... I will go with the black color of any console usually um so far. But I'm kind of at the point where... Because both of them last generation were slightly... Uh, too extremely uninspiring black boxes. I kind of... You know, I'm not saying I love it. I think it's really weird and I would prefer something much simpler. But I'm kind of like... Of the two, like... I'm like... Well, like Sony took a swing for defenses. That's one thing I will fucking say. And like... I kind like I very, very marginally prefer weird fucked up sci fi console over Mini Fridge. Uh but that's just me. Um Jack, what about you?
2: Yeah, I guess same vibes. It, it looks very iRobot to me. Like, you know, we were talking about iRobot earlier <laughs> and it just kinda
0: Man, you just I you and you didn't like watch that movie earlier this evening.
2: Yeah,
1: I know. Do you know, I was really intent on using Billy Mitchell as my uh, image this week for our thumbnail, but that's gone out the window now.
2: There's <laughs> so much iRobot. I know, though. I haven't even seen that shit in ages as well, but it looks very iRobot. One thing I will say about it is I hate the way the disc version looks because it it kind of looks like a growth on the side of it, the disc drive, the the, the digital one, like yeah. the shape of it. Or,
0: or, like, it or, or like it's been doing squats. Yeah,
2: it's, symmet- it's symmetrical, the disc one right and the non-disc one yeah. whereas that just has like a why wouldn't you put it in like you've got the black bit in the middle of the two sort of white what looks like folder arms either side of it why would you not-
0: my my assumption i'm trying to think like what could be under the hood that they couldn't move to do to accommodate that my assumption is this thing's got a big ass fan
2: yeah maybe um, um
0: to try and like have a large amount of it be fan space so that the fan doesn't have to be as powerful and as loud as it is in the PS4. My favorite
2: meme so far is just making it look like the Pokemon Shelder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just a very basic <laughs> I, pair of eyes and a I, tongue sticking lo- out. I
0: like that. I like the 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 Terrabarador the one that we talked, that I mentioned earlier. And I also love the amount of uh, making him look like Saito Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, These are these have all been great. The memes have been fantastic. Uh, I appreciate it. I it's my mildly preferred box for next generation. Um, I, I honestly I think the big design difference I might make would be maybe reverse the colors like have a black on the outside with the kind of like white through the middle um so that it's still kind of the majority of it still fits in with my entertainment system it's a
1: very distinctive design like if you're gonna go that way go the whole way
0: that's the thing they have gone the whole hog you cannot you (laughs) cannot deny it um and like i am lucky that i don't have the same like I, i don't have my playstation 4 in a particular slot it's like on the surface of my entertainment unit beside the tv and the ps5 will easily fit in that same spot so, you know, that, that part doesn't concern me personally, thankfully. Um, the more I see the the new controller, the more I like it. Um, yeah. I'm really interested to see the different special editions and customised. I have a feeling there are going to be some games that do some real cool shit with that outer shell. Um, Which almost makes me loathe that I will be getting one at launch because I have a feeling kind of like the way if I had waited two years to get a PS4, I could have gotten that awesome Metal Gear Solid 5 one Um, I've that was
1: like red. i never understood the appeal of the, the custom consoles and stuff. Like, it, sure, I guess it's a gimmicky yeah. thing, but I've,
2: I, I have know. a Gears of War for an Xbox, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but did you buy that did you win that
2: No I bought it I guess it was like bought, okay. I could I have would, that or I could have the regular one and it was like maybe like 5 pound more and I was like you know what this is cool it's like <laughs> red and black with like you know all the uh, gears of War logos the logos But yeah. like but it kind of looks like bullet holes and scrape marks and stuff on it as well
0: So I would never get one as like a collector's item or if I already had one, I wouldn't be like, oh, I need to go out and get this one instead of my just normal looking one. But if I was walking into the shop and there was a special edition that was a game I already liked, I was like, well, I'll get the game with it for the extra 50 quid, and I'll get this design that I think personally is nicer than the original one, then I would snap. The only one where I was like, oh, fuck, I would have loved to get... Do you remember when they did the retro? They only made 250 of them. Or 200 of them for the 20th anniversary Uh, of PlayStation. They made it it in the PS1 colors. That looks so good. Fucking hell. And, like, they had the special edition controller that had the symbols, like, kind of embossed into the actual DualShock, and... There was, an, uh, there was another anniversary one that was in like a deep blue with gold yep. trim on it that actually looked really that looked nice. Amazing. Uh, and then the Metal Gear Solid one. I, I liked one of the Destiny ones that was like white with really cool symbols
1: on it, I, but I don't like Destiny. I've got, oh, no, I just don't need so, to pimp out my console. I've
2: got the first, but I've yeah. got the PS4 in white, so like I don't have a standard PS4 or Xbox One. Um, and that came out with the original Destiny game, but it doesn't have Destiny logos on, which made me happy. But then if they just brought a white version out anyway, eventually.
0: Mm. um but yeah that's that's kind of my thing on the on the custom consoles i like i'm yeah like like we we've all kind of said like i'm kind of a little bit happy that they've gone for something absolutely fucking weird um i think a lot of people are either going to be like by the time it comes out they're either going to be so used to it that it doesn't bother them anymore in terms of the aesthetics of it whatever about the logistics of fitting it on a shelf um but yeah, I'm really excited to see what people can... I, I think there'll be some really cool versions of that thing that come out uh, eventually as well. Uh, and I will be getting the... I assume all three of us are probably still getting the version with the disk drive in it. Yeah,
2: probably. Oh yeah, Yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah, I don't want to necessarily give away that... that, that uh, function yet. Even if I don't buy too many physical games anymore... Uh, I'll be basically buying myself a 4K Blu-ray player. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even if I use it for nothing else, I will have a 4K Blu-ray player in my house. Yeah,
2: and that was the appeal um, of the PS2 initially as well.
0: Yeah, and, and, the, and the PS3 for, yeah, the blu- yeah, for the first-gen blu Blu-ray. Well, it's Blu-rays, like, yeah. I,
1: I have Bluetooth headphones, but I will always want to have the phone with uh, a headphone jack, just in case, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, you never know. Um... So, it, it, yeah, I'll, I'll still be going with that. And, like, I'm assuming they're going to be some, like, maybe 50 quid in the difference between the prices, I, I would guess. Like, not too much, but, but some sort of price difference. I it mean, would be kind of ma- madness all, if they
1: were both the exact same. It's all up in the air. Who the fuck knows what that's going to be at this point. Yeah,
0: it's something Giant Bomb were saying. They were like, oh, didn't the ver- the Xbox Series X, was it? The- or X, yeah. Or, or- there's some Xbox Series S it was one of them this is their names are so fucking confusing one of the Xbox Ones had no disk drive in it and it came out at the same price that the vanilla console had been at launch but like that was three or four years after the fact you know if the two of them came out at the same time they probably would have been different prices because obviously there's less physically in it um but yeah we'll see closer to the time um that's the news, because that's a decisable news blast over for the week, uh, and we're going to hand over to this week's quiz show host for another episode of what I'm assuming after last week, because we didn't come up with anything better, we're just going to call it Baster Mind again.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, can, yeah, can, right. Now he's hosting it, can we call it Mind? <laughs> it's,
0: it's our host for the evening, it's Mark Robinson.
1: Hello, how's it going? uh so yeah following on from last week's uh put a bit Mastermind of razzle edition. dazzle in robinson I'm, I'm not razzle dazzle it's not my style you know me well, yeah we're gonna do another edition of this uh we're gonna have jack up against dave and if you were listening last week we're gonna follow the same format we are gonna have uh, the first round where both jack and dave are gonna have their specialist subject we're going to do a hot fire round of 15 questions each um and then once we've done that we'll have a general knowledge round based on video games obviously where whoever got the lowest score in the specialist round will go first and at the end of it we will have a winner so uh dave as you lost to me last week i will give you the option of if you would like to go first or second
0: oh you're giving me do i want to kick off or choose my end um I, I, I think I'm going to let the newbie go first oh, today. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because I know how much Jack loves being caught unawares by questions on the show. <laughs> oh,
1: cool. Okay. So uh Jack, when you are ready, uh please let me know uh, your specialist subject and I can't remember what else they do for the introduction. I haven't watched Mastermind in like twenty years. Who you
2: are. Yes, and you're I a so of uh, of Hertfordshire UK. And I would say that I am a transponster for a company, Uh, and my specialist subject is surprise of all surprises: Final Fantasy VIII. All right. So when
1: (laughs)
0: divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded. Yeah,
2: and it works because there's six (laughs) main characters, so you can attach to whatever you wanted.
1: So you will have three minutes, and the time will start when I reach the end of my first question. Oh God, I'm shitting if myself. <laughs> you, if you pass, we can, we can come back to this okay. afterwards. Uh, and if you give me the wrong answer, then that is the wrong answer, yeah. and uh, that's it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's begin. Fury Caraway originally has a red armband in the Japanese versions, but this is changed to be blue in the overseas versions. For what reason?
2: I mean, pass.
1: (laughs) All right. Which character appears in the middle of the North American box art?
2: Oh, mean. Just pass again.
1: All right. Which Chinese singer performs Eyes on Me? Uh, That's Fei Wong. Yep. What is the name of the small tribe with yellow skin and arms? Shumi.
2: The Shumi tribe.
1: Yep. Uh, Which month was Final Fantasy VIII released in?
2: Uh, In where? North America or Europe or...
1: Uh it's all it was released at the same time.
2: Uh I mean it it wasn't because it was like Feb um for You got February, Japan. that's correct. Yeah, there you go. Okay.
1: Okay, what is the name of Squall's final limit break?
2: Uh it is the Lionheart as well, because it's correct. named after his weapon. Yeah.
1: Yep. Who is the
2: leader of the Forest Owls uh, um it's Renoa, Rino- Watts and Zone are the three Forest Owls and they kind of share the responsibility.
1: I need one in specific. Oh,
2: though. God. Uh, then I'll go Rena. A zone. Oh, c- yeah, okay.
1: Who is the final boss you encounter on disc one?
2: Uh, it's the sorceress, Adia, at the gate.
1: Correct. Who do the forest owls attempt to abduct only to confront a body double?
2: Uh, the president, Delling. I need... N- yeah, Delling, yeah. I'll give you that. What
1: is the name of the psychic who created Triple Triad? The
2: psychic... The creative triple triad. I I don't know the answers passed to that one.
1: Okay. Uh, what is the name? Up oh, part. Yeah. What is the name of the primary airship used?
2: Uh, the Ragnarok.
1: Which sporting event was the? Uh, correct. Which uh, sporting event was the introduction music? Uh, sorry. Which sporting event was the introduction music? Liberty Fatale used for during in two
2: thousand and four. Oh oh, it's um. It was at the Olympics for synchronized swimming. Yep, perfect. Which triple triad
1: card is gained from defeating Ultima Weapon?
2: Uh, Ultima Weapon? Uh, I want to say Behomoth. Incorrect, it's Eden. Uh,
1: Ah, Yeah, of course it is. is. What is the name of the battle theme associated with Laguna Loire? Uh, It's the man with the machine gun. Correct. How many units of stock can you hold for a spell? A hundred correct so going back to the things that you uh passed them a few caraway originally has a red armband in the japanese versions but this has changed to blue in overseas versions for what reason
2: pass again um the next question was about the american box art i'm gonna go with Adia for that
1: incorrect it's Renard. um you got that one wrong and then the last one um what is the name of the psychic who created triple triad
2: in the and game, you've got
1: ten seconds. Is it in game? In game. Yeah, in game. The law. Um, uh, Doctor Odine. Incorrect. It's Orlan.
2: I mean, I don't actually remember that ever coming up in the game. I'm actually I'm quite disappointed of that. Damn it! All right.
1: All right. So the uh two there that you uh, oh, the only thing you had left to pass on was the first question. Uh, so Fury Caraway, the armband was changed to avoid association with Nazi uniforms. Ah. Uh okay do you know that
0: that was what i when you said red armband was changed that's immediately what shot into my head (laughs) Do you
2: know why i was so thrown off by that is because i've never heard that so when the first question about your specialist subject someone asks you really uh, you don't know it you immediately panic and want to get onto one that you know
1: (laughs) yeah i think that happened to me last week (laughs) well you got nine there so i'll take um, nine
2: i will take nine
1: which i think is about the benchmark i think i got eight eight Mm, yeah yeah, so because i got seven yeah so nine nine is a respectable score okay all right uh dave ryan we're going to move over to you um when you're ready please uh give me your specialist subject and i don't know some fun wacky fact about you um yeah dave 30 uh
0: from ireland Uh, uh interesting fact about myself um i got a cup in a national newspaper once um and I will leave it at that. My specialist subject is
1: the motion picture epic The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. And your time will start as soon as I finish the uh, end of the first question. So, okay. what is the name of the arcade establishment in New Hampshire that hosts the classic arcade tournament? Funspot. Correct. Who is the founder of Twin Galaxies? Walter Day. Correct. Which song by The Cure is used in the soundtrack of the film? Pass. Okay, which position in baseball did Steve Wiebe play? Center field. Incorrect, it was pitcher. What was the name of the self produced video by Roy Shields that is shown during the documentary? That would be Mr. Awesome's Guide to Girls. That would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> what issue that garners controversy does Billy Mitchell compare himself to? The
0: abortion issue. If you're for it, you're a son of a gun. If you're against it, you're a son of a gun.
1: Correct. Which famous German World War One pilot does Mitchell use during an analogy? The Red Baron. Correct. What game does 80-year-old Doris self attempt to break a world record on? Kubert. Correct. What is the screen called that is the end of the game for many arcade cabinets? Kill screen. Correct. What game is on the front of head referee Robert Ruzak's t-shirt during the sit-down interview portions of the documentary? <laughs> That would be Doom 3 or Doom Cubed. Correct. What does Billy Mitchell use as his initial when entering a high score? USA, so that the United States is always on top. Correct. Who is the director of King of Kong? Seth Gordon, executive producer of Pixels. Correct. What is the location of the Guinness tournament site and Billy Mitchell's hometown? Uh, Pass. Okay. What year was Billy Mitchell's tape score of one million and forty-seven thousand two hundred submitted to the Guinness World Record? I. Wait, which score? What year was Billy Mitchell's taped score of 1,047,200 submitted to the Guinness World Record? Uh, is it 2003? Incorrect, 2007. Uh, uh. Twin Galaxies announced its decision to strip Mitchell of his records back in April 2018. For what reason? Please repeat the question. Twin Galaxies announced its decision to strip Mitchell of his records back in April 2018. For what reason? He was using emulated boards instead of original arcade cabinets Yeah, correct Uh, So to go back Which song by The Cure is used in his soundtrack? In the soundtrack Um, (sighs) um, No, I haven't got it Okay uh, Do you want want to pass or just no? No Okay, it's uh, pictures of you And the last question, Ah. what is the location of the Guinness tournament site site and Billy Mitchell's hometown? As in what, like what's the name of it or what town is So the town and state. Oh, well the town is Hollywood, Florida. Correct. That's it. Yep. Cool. And yep. All right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 for Dave.
2: Oof. I've lost.
0: I thought, you see, like when you said it the first time about the thing, I thought like the name of the place, like, I I don't think they say it. I said hometown. um, Uh, Ah, sorry, sorry. I, I missed that bit. Yeah. I watched, I'll have you know, I watched like 10 minutes of uh, Roy Schilt's Guide to Girls because I was assuming you were going to watch that and
1: ask me loads of questions about it. No, no, fuck no. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm not putting that much work into this.
0: Yeah, I I was going to rewatch the whole film and then I was just like, no, that's that's too obvious for Mark. He'll do something to fuck me over.
1: Okay, so uh, we will move on to our general knowledge round, uh, which means that, Jack, because you are trailing with nine points, you will go first. Okay. Okay, so um, as mentioned before, as soon as I finish the uh, end of the first question, I will start the time. You have three minutes, and there are 15 questions. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Which game did Yahtzee Crowshaw describe as absolutely sublime and he'd jam forks into his eyes if he ever described anything else like it ever again? (laughs)
2: Was it Portal?
1: (laughs) Correct. (laughs) How many years between announcement and release did Duke Nukem Forever take to be developed?
2: Oh, God. Um, 12.
1: Incorrect, it's 14. How many bits did Atari's Jaguar claim to have? Uh, Pass. Okay. In what year did Nintendo release its first game console in North America?
2: 1989?
1: 1985. Ugh. What creature or animal is the first boss in the original Castlevania? Pass. Okay. Barney Calhoun Co- is the main protagonist of which Half-Life expansion pack?
2: Barney what, sorry?
1: Barney Calhoun is the main protagonist of which Half-Life expansion pack?
2: Oh, um... Uh, oh, um... Um... Mm. Um... pass
1: Okay, Boomer Hunter, Smoker and Tank are enemies frequently encountered in which game?
2: Boomer Hunter, Smoker and Tank. Yeah. Um, uh, um uh Is it uh Left 4 Dead? Correct. Yep.
1: Assassin's Creed 3 is set during which revolution?
2: Uh the French Revolution.
1: Incorrect. it's the American oh. true or false? In canon, Toad can take the mushroom off of his head like a hat.
2: Uh, no, it's part of his body.
1: Correct. What was the name of the virtual virus that took hold of World of Warcraft in two
2: thousand and five? Oh, um, <sighs> I fuck. Um, it's the um, was it was it cor- like corrupt? Blood corruption or something. Blood. Cor- Ex- I'll give you that. Corrupted blood. Yeah. What
1: was the original launch price in America for the 3DO interactive multiplayer?
2: Oh, I pass.
1: <laughs> Nintendo began as a company selling which products?
2: Um, like trading cards. Cards.
1: Correct. What is Sonic the Hedgehog's middle name?
2: Oh, um, oh damn it! If only I'd read all of the Sonic comics, like Dave. Um, I
0: I don't know that one.
2: I oh, I I pass.
1: Dr. Light is the creator of which classic video game character?
2: Dr. Light? Um, Mega Man? Correct.
1: What was the name of the video game that officially featured Michael Jackson as the hero?
2: Oh, Christ. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, I, um, was on Sega. Was it Was it just mm-hmm. called Moonwalker?
1: Correct. Going back, how many bits did Atari's Jaguar claim to have?
2: Uh... Mm, I'm caught between two answers. Um You
1: got ten seconds.
2: Uh 128.
1: Incorrect. It was sixty four. Oh, well, creature or animal is the first boss in the original Castlevania. Uh Dragon. Is bat. Barney Cohen is the main protagonist of which Half Life Expansion Pack. I'll let you answer this and time is up.
2: Oh mm, this is gonna really annoy me. Uh mm oh, no. I'm not gonna get it. I don't think I'm gonna get it. Fuck.
1: Okay. Alright, the answer was Blue Shift.
2: Ah Christ oh, I should have got that. Oh, really annoying that I didn't get that. Yeah, we named a fucking and song after it.
1: Yes, we did. And questions left. The original launch price in America of the 3DO interactive multiplayer was seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. And Sonic the Hedgehog's middle name is Maurice.
2: Sonic Marie's Hedgehog I bet it's in that movie that I watched And i just completely forgotten it I I feel like I didn't do well there
1: You I, got I, seven I'll
2: take I, I, it
0: I, I looked up and apparently His original nickname was Intended to
1: be Ogilvy
2: Ogilvy the Hedgehog
1: Yeah oh. I have, I there. have, I have nothing to say on that, uh, which <laughs> means that Jack, you have an overall score there of sixteen. What did Dave uh, get? Twelve was it? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh
2: my god.
0: I think you're safe as houses here, Jack. I fucking ballsed up general knowledge last time. I, I
2: mean, you got seven last time. Seven would be comfortably enough to defeat me.
1: Okay, so uh, Dave, um, same thing, when I get to the start of the end of the first question, we will begin. Are you ready? Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, As ready as I'm going to be.
1: Okay. Final Fantasy 7, Shenmue 3, and which other game made up Sony's Megaton trio of announcements during E3 2015? Last Guardian. Correct. In which year did Minecraft have its official 1.0 release? 2011? Correct. Who is the final boss in the arcade mode of Tekken 3? A Volcano. (laughs) Incorrect. (laughs) Pac-Man was developed by which studio? Uh, Capcom. Incorrect. Namco. Oh, it's not. Which Sega CD release title helped in leading to the creation of the Entertainment Software Rating Board? Uh, Pass. During the promotional work, for which video game did John Romero declare he was about to make us his bitch? Repeat the question <laughs> During the promotional work For which video game Did John Romero Declare he was about To make us his bitch Doom 2 Incorrect It was Di Katana In uh, which US state Did Atari bury 700,000 cartridges Mostly made up of E.T. Uh, Nevada Incorrect It was New Mexico The Playstation prototype Was designed by Sony In collaboration With which company Nintendo Cor- uh, Yes correct The antagonist Of Super Mario Bros. 2 Is Bowser is, is there a question there? Uh, true or false? Sorry, the antagonist of Super <laughs> Mario Bros. 2 is Bowser. Uh, Incorrect. Correct. Which classic video game did Tony Stark catch a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. playing in the first Avengers movie? Uh, Gallagher. Correct. What is the cult in Far Cry 5 called? Uh, pass. What 1997 video game is the best-selling for the original PlayStation? Metal Gear Solid? Gran Turismo. Uh Name the USB webcam that works with the PS3. Um, The PS3. It's not the iToy 2. Correct, it's the iToy. What was the first console video game that allowed the game to be saved? Um, I should know this because I just watched a video, but pass. And who is the main villain in the Crash Bandicoot franchise? Cortex? Yeah, I'll give you that. Dr. Neo Cortex. Uh, so, so which C- Sega CD release title helped in leading to the creation of the Entertainment Software Rating Board? Mortal Kombat. Incorrect. It was Night Trap. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, what is the cult in Far Cry 5 called?
0: I remember this one. Eden's Gate.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. Project at Eden's Gate. And what was the first console video game that allowed the game to be saved? Uh, no, I've still not got that one. It was The Legend of Zelda.
0: Yeah. I recently watched a video on that fuck
1: well you got eight there at the end which means that dave you are this week's winner
3: Hey,
0: kids all you got to do at home to win a quiz is to get half cut uh about an hour before drink drink alcohol and you'll you'll do fine that's my message
1: to kids and watch a lot of zero punctuation
0: yeah (laughs) I love that the first two questions Jack got were very zero punctuation. (laughs) Yeah, they were. Oh, man. (sighs) All right. There we are. Yeah. Thank you very much, yeah. Mark. An excellent quiz. And I'm not saying that because I have a horse in the race or anything that I want. But uh, yeah, re- really enjoyable. I definitely wouldn't be calling you a son of a bitch if things went the other way. Um, and that's going to do it for another episode of Link to the Cast. I'm away on assignment next week. Um, so the two boys will be filling in on my stead. I'm sure they have a very exciting show planned we for do. You all. We, but have, the- we
1: have a very special guest as well. Oh, is the is the guest confirmed? The guest is confirmed. Please,
0: please uh, drop the guest here, Mark. Uh, Bait bait the hook for coming back next week. Uh,
1: We have returning uh, after his uh, special appearance way back when uh, is the return of one Sean McGee. Who I believe started off his last appearance by talking about him losing his trousers. I I will have to go back and listen to that episode
0: it was like a fight or he lost his trousers, like whatever. He had an anecdote to kick off his first appearance. That was pure box office. So you're going to want to tune in for the return of McGee. Um, because the, yeah, that, that, that man quality entertainment is assured, uh, with his return to the program. Uh, in the meantime, check out that link, to the cast on Twitter, uh, see all the, the shows that are posted, interact with us about what you're thinking about the, the quizzes, uh, the things we're doing on here, uh, you know, uh, anything you you feel like you want to chip in at Link to the Cast is where to go. Individually on Twitter, I'm at the day to day. Mark is at Mark Robinson X2. And Jack is at Jack Lazell. Uh, as I said, I'll be away on assignment. So I will see you in two weeks. The boys here will be captaining the ship and uh, we'll see you next week for another episode of Link to the Cast. See you then.